What is going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I welcome you all to a brand new episode of, I guess, Phoenix Down. Um, this is the Phoenix Down version of the ZTGD Game of the Year extravaganza. Uh, we had to break it up into uh, multiple podcasts because we have so many people. And um, so we're going to rattle off our Game of the Year games top 10 games or not even 10 some people may only have a few some people may have a lot we're going to talk about honorable mentions and some disappointments as well uh but for this show uh i have with me justin salani hello is it salani or salani it's salani but Selani. i've heard it so much the other way i just go with it but yes yeah, i've always said salani but then ken kept saying salani and i was like well maybe it is salani 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 yeah. uh <laughs> we also have jay lee buongiorno and uh my co-host for phoenix down matthew quinn he's back he's back, oh he's back. Yeah, it's a new year it's a new year, yeah. I hadn't seen you since last year, but uh, it's um. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, it's been longer than that. <laughs> yes. Well, not really. We did the Metal Gear episode. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about did that, that. Did that go live? That was you guys did, drunk or something? Ken, one of the three of us was. Yeah, Ken got pretty shit. Did, did anyone break down crying, yelling to themselves it wasn't supposed to end this way? Because I would, I would listen to it if that happened. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, is that uh-huh. I was, I was kind of bashing that game the most, and Ken was the one actually defending it the most, and he, okay. he was the one that was drunk. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, <laughs> I'm sure we'll mention Metal Gear in this, uh, in this podcast. Eh, I'm sure somebody it'll pop does up somewhere. A weird night. Yeah. So, um, well, let's see here. Who wants to go first? How about that? I'll just ask. Okay. Awkward silence. <laughs> All right. How about Justin? Do you like to go first? Sure. Why not? All right. Um, let's do this. So I'm not going to break down really, I guess, in particular, what 10. Uh, but do you just want me to give my 10 like, and then my disappointments? Or are we going to save those for after? The disappointments. No, it doesn't matter. However, you want okay. to do it. I mean, if you want to name off your disappointments, go right ahead. You know, just, yeah. You know, if you want to talk a little bit about the game, you can. Sure. Okay. Cool. Okay. So, my top ten. Um, I mean, there's quite a bit of bigger titles out there. Uh, I, they just tend to resonate with me well. But there's some things that surprised me uh, that I didn't expect to be in the top top ten. So, I guess the first to bring up is uh, Soma, which is out on PS4 and PC. Uh, uh, I was a fan of Amnesia, but I never really finished it, and I kind of got bored with it, but I liked it. It was a scary game, and it's all the rage now, but Soma was this new-person sci-fi horror, uh, and I thought it did a really good job with the sci-fi uh, aspect, and, and it really it made me truly question what the human and our thoughts and um, like you know what is. So I thought that was the most uh, impactful thing for me in a game in a long time. And the ending just kind of left me speechless a little bit. So hmm. that's why it's in my 10. Okay. Um, another one, Dying Light. I'm a huge zombie fan. Uh, so it's kind of no surprise that this is in there. But at the same time, I didn't know if this game would be a retrend of uh, Dead Island. But in my opinion, it's better than Dead Island. And it's by the, it's funny because it's by the same creators. 
and they disbanded from Deep Silver to create uh, this this franchise, which adds like Mirror's Edge parkour plus you know four player co op and all that. And um, you know it's funny. I think I spent like 30, 30 hours or more into it, and I don't think I ever finished it. I just I just got you know sidetracked. But it's one of the, it's one of the first games that released of the year, and a lot of games usually get uh, forgotten uh, by the Game of Year awards. Uh, and there's and there's a new version coming out next month with added uh, like tweaks to the graphics and a new expansion. Uh, there's a lot of content, and the, the, you can see that the company and the development are a lot of uh, inspiration and you know want to make their game even better. So that's why it's on the list. It's just a very fun club game. I believe we played it a bit and it was a blast. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Uh, the next one would be Mortal Kombat. Uh, I grew up playing Mortal Kombat. Uh, I think the franchise has gone through some hits and misses, but, uh, 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 uh yeah, into robots. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying to work it out here, but it's, it, you, I'm getting it okay. on my end too. So I don't think it's your internet. Um, well, let me see here. Uh, my connection Seems can you can you plug fine. in uh, unplug and plug in your micro click, Justin? Sometimes that solves it. Yeah, yeah. Hold on a minute. Sorry to break your train of thought. I was uh, I was making sure if it was just me. No, I, I actually thought it was me too. Yeah. Okay. Usually okay. that happens when it's my internet connection and or their internet connection is not coming through well. So. Okay. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I don't, doesn't say I'm having any issues. It, it's weird. I mean, you you come in clear a lot of times, but then it turns out the robot. But uh, oh, yeah, just keep on trucking. We'll, we'll see what we can do. Yeah. Oh, sorry, guys. No, no. Uh, so yeah, uh, Mortal Kombat X. I've been a big fan of Mortal Kombat, as I was saying. Um, it's it's been up and down for the franchise, but I think uh, X really brought it back. Uh, lots of different uh, fighting stances, some new ideas, and it just feels like one of the most robust and, and uh, well done Mortal Kombat. So that's why it's in the list. Which, uh, which version of Mortal Kombat did you play, Justin? Uh, I played the PS4 and the Xbox One. Uh, okay, cool. Okay, uh, next is going to be one that took me by surprise. Uh, I'm still playing it because it's massive, but it just gave me a sense of awe like no other RPG uh, in, in the regards of sense of scale, and that would be uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X. Uh I know the story is a little limited and not as in-depth in as other games, but the world they've created is just like blows me away and it, it's like draw dropping for me. And the fact that even having played next gen consoles and next gen RPGs and all that, uh, this game is on the Wii U and it still blew me away visually from its landscapes and exploration. So that's why that's on the list. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Fallout four is another big one and it's kind of interesting because I don't think Fallout four is a really good RPG per se. Uh, in, in in regards to like hardcore RPGs, but it's a fantastic like exploration adventure simulator in my opinion in the post apocalyptic world. Um, I've restarted that game on the Xbox version, the PS4 version, the PC version. I've restarted the, the game multiple times like because I I got review copies and stuff, and I I I think I've put a total of, like sixty hours combined of all three, but I always did different things. And I'm still exploring and still finding new things in the game. So that's that's why it's on there. Uh, it's just a lot of fun for me. Um, the next one would be Resident Evil Revelations 2. 
long long time Resident Evil fan. Uh, I wasn't. I mean, I have enjoyed all of them to an extent, but I felt like they were losing a little bit of their horror. Uh, I don't know if I want to say their horror roots, but they just it didn't seem like they were trying to go for as, as scary as a vibe as the originals. But I thought Revelations kind of brought that back into the field with the action elements. But the one thing that really I enjoyed was that it's an episodic game that actually came out every week instead of every few months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that was an interesting way of doing it. I mean, I get it. It means the game was pretty much done and they just kind of tapered the release for each episode, but it left me, you know, it would left players with like, I got done and it's like a show next week. I tune in, I play the next one and versus did this next episode. I mean, King's quest. I just played recently the second chapter and it was like five months. The first one came out. It was like a long time to wait. Uh, but that's what I thought was really cool about also revelations too. Is just, it was just so quick. It came out so much in like a month and then they're like, guess what? You can buy it physically if you want to. Yeah. Did you like so. revelations one and two? I liked one, but I liked two a lot more. Yeah, I'd have to say okay. the same way with that one. Yeah, yeah. like cool. like I liked one, but I didn't like the where it switched characters and it was like way like crazy action. I preferred the stuff with like Jill. So it, you know, it was that, and then I can't help but you know the the RE fan in me that I just kind of swooned that Claire and Barry were both in a new <laughs> game. I can't, you know, I'm not gonna lie, I haven't seen yeah. those guys in forever. And uh, that was nice to see. Yeah, so, Bar- Barry's pretty freaking great in that game. Yeah, oh, he's great. Yeah. yeah, and and they actually had a little bit of puzzle elements, a little bit uh, more than you know in like six or others. So it's I I think I I hope that they take the genre and their series kind of at least more back in the horror realm. They can keep the action as far as I'm concerned, but um you know you've got the remake coming out of two, and then the next one hopefully is being made for seven, and hopefully they can do something with that. But that's why it's on my list. And it's cheap. It was like twenty four ninety nine, and it was for the quality and then the multiplayer. It was just I thought it was a good package. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So another one, another RPG uh, that just blew me away. Witcher three. Mm. Yeah. Um, I know you you haven't played it yet, right, Drew? I have not even touched it. Nope. Yeah. Let's um, spoil the game for him real quick. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Garrett no. <laughs> Rivia is actually. <laughs> it's uh, actually okay. Charlie Brown did it. Uh, so the the amazing thing about this game is uh, I'm still playing it. I've played probably 80 hours. I I'm still you know I'm still playing content and seeing stuff I haven't seen because there's just a plethora of stuff to do. I put it in the other day to then uh, while I was sick at home and I was like I'm just gonna play this for a little bit. Next thing I know I got caught up in another uh, another mission. And then I was like, what is this? And then I found like a cursed item. And, you know, that's just the great thing about Witcher. You're always stumbling upon interesting little stories or tidbits. And uh, I don't know. I had just played two when the game had uh, right before the game three came out. And uh, I enjoyed two, but three just blew me away. Um, and I haven't finished one. One, I still need to go back and actually complete. But I've gotten I think I got like halfway through or, you know, decent portion through. But three just. I loved it, and um, I can't wait for the final expansion. So, I mean, again, that's another company, too, that really shows they, they love their game. They put tons of support, uh, DLC, extra content, fixes. So uh, they go in above and beyond where most uh, you know companies are like, eh, we're done. So 
That's another. That's making me salivate even more for that game. Yeah, I can't, yeah, yeah, I can't wait to play that game. It's it was it's just great. And like I said, I I'm never bored when I play a game. Like I'm always finding something new. Uh, yeah, it's just good stuff. I won't spoil anything, but yeah, good stuff. <laughs> um, another here's a surprising one for me. Uh, because I you know I've played a little bit of the franchise on and off, but I, I've never dabbled into it too hardcore. Um, and this came out fairly recently, but Yakuza Five on the Ooh, PS3. Yeah. Tell me about that. That game, game is that game is that game is just awesome. I mean, if you've ever played the Yakuza oh. games before, I mean, it's you, you know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just it's I don't know, like the fighting system. I think feels better. The the way like fights break out. I'm pretty sure if I'm remembering, correct me if I'm wrong. But in the other ones, when you get into like a uh, a fight on the street, wouldn't it go to like a loading screen or have to load for a while? Yeah, they usually uh, did something like that. Uh, not in the later Yakuza, but maybe like the earlier okay. ones. I couldn't remember because in this one, it just seems like these guys just run up to you. It just flashes like a, like a, like a word. And then it's like, you're fighting. And then after that, you're done and you're running it back around. And the drunker you are, the more people fight you, which is funny. Running section. There's a dancing section, like element to it, uh, like a J-pop stuff. I mean, there's, there is so much content to it. There was a mini game where I, this was kind of early on, but I ran into this dude, and he's like, uh, you know, I'm eating, like, noodles and stuff. And then he's like, can you help me? And I'm like, what? And he's like, I could help need some help around the kitchen. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, my back. He's like, I threw it out going too hard at my old lady last night. Can you – really, you need to help me right now. So they, they throw you behind the kitchen, and it's like this, like, time-based rhythm mini game of serving noodles and, and cooking them the right length and all. I don't know. It's just – it's zany. It's humorous. There's, like – uh, taxi driving moments that like you can like do burst mode and like go on all wheels and it's just nuts. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a crazy game. I gotta play um, Yakuza Five. You do. Man. I've always yeah. loved the Yakuza series. Yeah. They're so yeah. weird. It's like you're they supposed are. to be this badass gangster <laughs> mm-hmm. and you're you're serving noodles to people yes. in rapid succession. You know, it's yes. stuff yes. like that. It, it, it's great. And I, you know, I've always, you know, I've always been shocked that Yakuza didn't get more attention because you know, as many people that like Shimu, I've always felt Yakuza it was an extension of Shenmue in a way from the, the idea of the core gameplay elements and the exploration and the mini games and the fighting. So uh, if you didn't check out Yakuza 5, yet, definitely add it on your list, hmm. even if you have to bring out that PS3, because uh, yeah. I, I can't wait to, you know, I need to play it more, but it's already high up on that list of just memorable games for me. And the, the Zeros, I think, the prequel's coming out on PS4 next year, so yeah. that's yeah, good Yakuza to know. Yakuza 5 is uh, digital only right now, though. Yes, right? unfortunately, ah. and I don't think it's going to be physical yeah, ever. Probably so. Okay. Yeah, so um, another one that uh, came out fairly recent uh, that kind of blew me away, uh, and I expected it to be good, but I just didn't expect it to be as good as it turned out for me, I think, was Rise of the Tomb Raider. Uh Tomb Raider had the reboot in, in 2000, I think it was 13, yeah. 2013 or 12. And, uh, you know, to many, you know, to many, it was like, oh, it wasn't very good because it wasn't like the original Tomb Raider. To others that, that didn't care for the original Tomb Raider, it was like, oh, it's amazing. Me, I've, I liked, I've grown up with Tomb Raider. I love Tomb Raider, but I also liked this new vision. Uh, I did prefer that it had more puzzles or some more exploration elements, uh, more tomb stuff. But, it, you know, I liked what I got. And I was hoping that 2 or Rise of the Tomb Raider would, would increase that. And I feel like they hit a very sweet spot with Rise of the Tomb Raider. There's lots of exploring. There was moments in the game where I'd go like 20, 30, 40 minutes of just running around, exploring, finding a tomb, uh, doing a puzzle. There's way more puzzles. Uh, more, uh, I'd say, elaborate puzzles. Still nothing quite like the originals, but definitely more in-depth than 
pushing a couple blocks. Uh, and there were some really neat, neat visuals with that. Like in the original, it was kind of like, oh, you'd climb up into a room and you'd be in a cave and there's a puzzle. And it's like, that's a tomb. No, in this one, you get like sweeping vistas, uh, things that look legitimately like tombs and they all look, you know, very different. One tomb had like flooding water. Another tomb had like boats that you had to cross. Uh, it's just really in depth. And those puzzles also get transferred into some of the main game. There's not a ton of tombs. While you're playing the main game, I mean, there's a couple and there's some puzzles there. Uh, but overall, I felt they did the best job of mixing the action and the adventure and the and the puzzle solving all together to give it. It does feel like, I guess, as the title says, Rise of the Tomb Raider. It feels like she's going out there looking for this this hidden artifact, and there's this other company against her, you know, clamoring to get the artifact, and it's a race against you know time to see who can get it first. So, you know, that was kind of missing from the original because the original was more like a disaster flick in a way, and a, a you know, just kind of like oh, this just got thrown into this. Here, she's see- actively seeking it and exploring, and and wants to pursue this, and you know, pursue her father's lineage. So that's why it's in my top ten. Okay. And of course, this should come to no surprise is also being, uh, uh, the final one I'm going to mention. And I, I was excited for it, but I couldn't put this game down and I played it repeatedly until I got all trophies, which was my first PS4 game with all trophies. And that's Until Dawn. Until Dawn. Yeah. Until Dawn. I'm a huge horror fan. I like slasher movies. I like the, I like the, you know, heavy rain, those kind of style games games the walking dead and this game just threw me into a b-movie teenager slasher flick that went in directions i never could have guessed from playing like i was just blown away um we actually had a until dawn party here at the house and we had a bunch of people come over uh and we basically just had pizza and like drinks and basically it was like everybody screaming at the tv like in majority would rule on what decisions we'd make and it was a blast <laughs> uh, and it was absolutely that sounds like the best way, way to play, play that game that, that is oh, the best way to play yeah. it. that's how yeah. i played it with friends yeah. passing it's the controller around it's a great way to do it and people are screaming at the tv and oh my god and what just happened and it was it was great i got to play it by myself and then play it with a bunch of people and it was it was a blast and i had to see every alternate you know outlook ending etc get all the trophies um uh, I wish there could have been a little bit more uh, maybe variation in some things, but ultimately I was very happy with the game and uh, it just it blew me away. It has a little bit of performance issues, but in a game like this, I don't think it really mattered that much. Uh, it just it just surprised the hell out of me. And for being a game that was originally for PS3 and for the move to be you know go dead silent and there not be anything on it, uh, you know news anything, and then all of a sudden it's like hey it's coming on PS4 and then hey it's coming out. And as good as it did, Sony didn't even uh, think it was going to do that good from what I was hearing, and it blew yeah. away their expectations. So, um, who was it developed by? It was kind of an unknown company, right? Uh, yeah, I forget the names. Uh, uh, like, I want to say Supermassive. Supermassive Games, yeah. Yeah, and what, they haven't what done What other games have they done? Yeah, DS exactly. games. So, yeah, this is, yeah. came out of nowhere, made a AAA PS4 title, and then yeah. it's, a, it's a huge success. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, like they did the Doctor Who game on the PlayStation Network, and they've done like they did like I think the uh, I think they helped on one of the Killzone ports or something. Yeah, they just did a lot of like just no name things, and to come out and bring out something of such high caliber and using what's funny is so like one of the actors in the I forget his name, but one of the actors is in a popular show right now. Uh, Bat, uh Mr. Is it Mr. Mr. Robot? Robot? Yeah, and he. He's like one of the main characters in the game, and I, you know, 
it's just crazy to see him on the game, but this, they probably did his stuff way long ago. And, you know, now he's seeing himself in this game even more realized than on the PS3 version. Uh, so it's just, it's, it's just one of those games that's startling to see, uh, how well it turned out when it could have been just a complete, like, failure. Yeah. So, yeah, they did Killzone HD, Little Big Planet Vita, Start the Party, Tumble, Doctor Who, uh, Walk the Dinosaur. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Just stuff you're like, hmm. So they, they, I think they proved their weight for this, and I I hope they continue it. So um, I'll do some quick, real quick uh, uh, mentions, real quick. So I got two for my most disappointed games. One's Everyone's Gone to the Rapture. I was excited for that, and it was the most boring thing I've played all year. I couldn't get into it. I literally oh. fell asleep three times, three times, oh. uh, trying to finish and. I just couldn't get into it. I tried and I tried and I, I felt that was the first time in a long time. I was like, I wasted my money. It was is it, just, is it apt to call it a walking simulator? Oh yeah. And the thing is you can barely move even with the, the speed trick they gave you to, mm-hmm. to run. Uh, it's just, you, it's, you barely move forward. And my problem really came with, they kind of guide you with these lights in the game. And then it gets to a point where you've kind of gone everywhere and you have to go and find the things you didn't see. Um, that was one thing that, that gave me just a hell of a time because I couldn't end up figuring out where to go and I was getting frustrated. The other thing is I understand it's a very story-driven game. And so as you see these like memories uh, as you're playing, they're like lit up by these like uh, light silhouettes of people. But the problem is, is the only thing you have to go by is their name because those all look the same. So I started getting confused on who was who, what was what, and why I cared because I didn't have anything to relate other than a name and a voice. And it just didn't resonate with me. And I ended up like I, – I fell asleep that third time. I was like, I'm done, and I just deleted it. I was like – I <laughs> put like two – I put two or three hours into it, and I couldn't stomach it anymore. Um, oh, the other one – it, it I, I mean some people still really like it. I mean, I, I enjoyed Gone Home to an extent. I, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not against games where you just walk, but I could not get into it. Um, and, and then this is another big disappointment. This is probably huge to people. Um, but Metal Gear Solid, yeah. uh, five was just, what, what were we going to say? No, it's, it's not a surprise <laughs> at all. No. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, to me, it's, it's just a very shitty Metal Gear game, but it's a great stealth game in a way, but it's, you know, there's no final conclusion in a lot of ways. The story's disjointed. Um, the second chapter's filled with a bunch of repeat stuff. I, it's just, you can tell this game had issues in development. Uh, and who knows how much we'll ever know of how much the Konami issue going on really had to do with all that. But ultimately, as a Metal Gear Solid game, I think it was just like extremely weak. And very disappointing. And uh, but as a as a stealth fan, it's it's fun, and it, there's a lot of options to it. And I can see why newcomers to the franchise or people that never experienced Metal Gear, you know, or didn't like Metal Gear, like this one a lot. But for me, it totally like other than the intro, it kind of totally removed everything I knew about Metal Gear. And how do you take one of the coolest like characters in the game, and I'm, by saying side characters, I should say, is Ocelot, and turn him into just nothing? He doesn't do anything yeah. cool. He's just boring. So yeah, anyway, that's that's my most disappointing two disappointed games this year. And then I got four four quick honorable mentions. Uh one's an RPG called Citizens of Earth. If you like zany like earthboundy RPGs, I thought that was a really great little title that not a lot of people talked about. Uh White Knight, if you like old school Resident Evil style games, really cool visual style, black and white, creepy, uh and very interesting. Now, these next two are big games, but I've only just now started playing them, so that's why they're on my honorable mentions. Pillars of Eternity, I just started playing, and I freaking love it. I think it's very awesome. 
Um, and Life is Strange. I played the first episode and I'm like already in love. So I thought I'd do that as honorable mention. So okay. I am done. I'm going to shut up now. Okay. <laughs> nice list, Justin. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, you know what? I will go next. I will. Okay. Uh, I'll go next um, since I've already got mine up here and everything. Uh, I'll go with some honorable mentions first. Um, Rocket League. Mm. Um, I enjoyed ten hours of that game, um, I, and it kind of got my fill of it. Uh, but those ten hours were pretty fucking awesome. It was one of those things where it was like it was a pick up and play game, and if you had some friends online, you could play with them and. We had a blast with it. Did you have you ever played any other football kind of game? I mean, I've played soccer games before. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's that's what I meant. I played um, uh, Pro Evolution Soccer this year. So, like, are you into like soccer games at all? No, you're not. But you kind of enjoy Rocket League, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I take away from that game. I don't like soccer games at all. I've never played one that I wanted to. I wanted to keep playing, and this game it's just kind of it's the same exact thing, but with cars, and somehow it works really well. Yeah, and it's just fun. It's uh, one of those weird flukes of a game, I guess. It is really yeah. is. I mean, it was fun, but like I said, I'm I'm kind of done with it. I mean, it you know it like it was great while it lasted, but you know, I just you know you just you can only play that game so many times, and mm-hmm. and you're just kind of done with it. Um. Another game, uh, Elite Dangerous, is a gigantic oh, yeah. space simulation game, um, and I absolutely loved it when I reviewed it. I have not went back to it since, though. Um, now, that's not necessarily telling of the game. A lot of stuff has came out since then, and I've just put more time into them. But Elite Dangerous was a fantastic game, and the fact that they got all the key bindings to actually work and work well on the Xbox one controller is mind blowing. Um, yeah, I wish I could have put some time into that. This yeah, it, it's great. I mean, it, it really is. It's, um, it's one of those games where they give you zero direction and they just tell you just to go. If you want to be a trader, go to the nearest space station and buy up something and then go to another space station and sell it. It's not like you're, you're going to get these menu prompts saying, you're now a trader, and now you're level one as a trader, and stuff like that. No, you just go and do stuff. You want to go rob somebody? Fuck it. Go find a guy and start shooting him down. <laughs> you know, it's, it's stuff like that. But it's fantastic. And anybody who ever liked, um, I don't know, like Wing Commander and stuff like that, definitely need to check out that game. Um, Runbow. Nobody talked about this game, and I think it kind of went under everybody's radar because it was a Wii U yeah, exclusive. I haven't heard of it. What? What? It's, yeah. a, it's a Wii U exclusive. It is a downloadable title. Um, I had to review it, and I had no idea what it was. Uh, but Rumbo is a really, really fun party game, um, and practically anybody can play it. It's it's kind of like an auto runner, um, but you can um, – it, it's a platformer at the same time, and you're trying to beat other people to the finish line. Uh, and uh, they really use um, colors really well. So certain platforms will be green, and the background will change to green. And now you can't jump on that platform anymore because it disappeared. And so it's it's things like that. It's, it, and the 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 colors are constantly changing, and um, it's changing up the dynamic of the entire race and stuff like that. It's really really well done. Is is this the game with the elephant, or am I thinking about? You may be thinking of Timbo, uh, the badass elephant. Yeah, it's Timbo. Okay, I'm thinking about Timbo. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Uh, but yeah, Rumbo is is really, really good uh, for anybody who has a Wii U and uh, has a couple of friends over. And they even have an online mode that actually works. Now, 
is it populated now? I don't know. Uh, but when I first reviewed it, it, there was people online playing and it was, it was a blast. Uh, hand of fate. I'm a big proprietor of this game. Uh, Mm. I absolutely love this game. Um, I haven't, but like I said, I haven't touched it in a while. Uh, Uh, I don't know, Drew. Like I played it because I, I saw some recommendations. I really like the how the presentation works with the cards, the shuffling. You choose your own adventure and you go to the space. That's really cool. But the combat is god garbage. It, it, it's 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 janky. I will give it that. <laughs> it, it is a janky Batman. It's like the worst Batman combat I've seen since like Jackie Chan from like PS2 or something. Oh, I don't come know, man. On. <laughs> it's terrible. Ah, whatever. Uh, it's, uh, but yeah, you know, go on. Yeah, it's an honorable mention anyway. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Uh, another honorable mention, and it would probably be on my list if I played more of it. And it's a shame that I didn't play more of it. Uh, but Bloodborne, um, it's a Souls game um, in in a very different sense. I really liked what I did play of it, but I did not play enough of it to even put it on a list. How far did you get in it? Uh, to the chapel uh, with. Celia, I can't remember what her name Amelia. is. Amelia, that's it. Uh, so oh, yeah, probably about early. four bosses in, five early. bosses in, somewhere around there. I finished that game and I was hardcore to it, but it wasn't on my list. Mm. Uh, another game uh, that I want to mention: Star Wars Battlefront. Um, yep. That is a really, really fun game. I understand how people may say that it doesn't have enough in it. In fact, even me. I will say I don't think it has enough in it, um, but it is a first-person shooter that kind of got me back into first-person shooters. Uh, you don't have to be very good at first-person shooters to enjoy this game. Uh, yes. I, I'm not even a big Star Wars fan, and I'm just like, yeah, this is really fun. You know, you, especially when you have a couple of people on your team with you that you know and you're talking to. Um, and it, it's it's a it's a fun casual first-person shooter where anybody can have fun with it. Yeah, it's fun in its simplicity. Yeah. yeah. It, I only played three or four hours, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. I don't know that it would be a game I would want to sink more than 20 into. Yeah, I mean, that's that's about it. I mean, it, it's a fun, probably 15-hour game, and you're kind of done until they release some type of DLC, hopefully. I also like any shooter that makes me feel like I'm good at shooters. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, w- I was going like 15 and 2, 20 and 5 often in that game and that doesn't happen in call of duty or battlefield very often yeah yeah like never <laughs> uh another um honorable mention for me is uh tales from the borderlands um this this just barely didn't make my top 10 um because i started looking at the list and i was like there's other games that i, I highly enjoyed tales from the borderlands is a adventure game from telltale games that i think everybody should play it's 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 the best telltale game they've made since probably I actually enjoyed it more than The Wolf Among Us. Um, awesome! It's fantastic. Uh, the present, the present, final, final episode, Drew. Oh man, the the fan service in that is so good. Oh yeah, they throw everything. Oh god, out. yeah, so everything good. in the kitchen sink. Oh, you guys are getting me excited. I played the first yeah. episode. I got the rest. Yeah. Oh, you got. You should play the rest. It, it, it gets crazy. Yeah, it gets really nuts. They do a good job. It still suffers from that telltale thing of yeah. all roads are still going to lead to one. Yeah. No. I mean, it, it it's it, you know you can see that there are some choices in there, and and they do kind of make a difference. But in the end, you're going to get the same ending. Um, 
the other thing I do want to mention, and this is not a, actually a game, it's, it's an add-on to a game. Uh, so I review all the Zen Pinball tables um, for the website. And that can be a daunting task because what the fuck are you going to write about a pinball table? Yeah. I know. I don't know how you do it, man. It's a pinball table. It's a pinball Dude, table. Done. <laughs> there you go. Um, Hit the balls and the flippers. But yeah. Zen Pinball released a table that I find is probably the best table in the entire Zen Pinball series, and that's called mm-hmm. Wild West Rampage. Uh, if you do have Zen Pinball, which is free, and you want to give a really good table a shot, you need to buy Wild West Rampage. Um, it's the best table I've ever played. It's fun. It's high scoring. The lanes are almost perfect. It's it's a really well made table, and it's a lot of fun to play. Um, but yeah, those are my honorable mentions. Uh, going into my top ten, uh, number ten, and like I said before the show. These aren't necessarily in any particular order. The higher I go up, the more I enjoyed them. Uh, but I'm not going to say that one game is better than the other, uh, except for probably 10 and 9, because the two, the t- number 10 and number 9 are on my top 10 games, but they're also some of my disappointments. So I'm going to bring it up. My number 10 is Batman Arkham Knight. I love the Batman series. Batman is my favorite superhero. I liked where they were going with Batman. It looks phenomenal. Uh, Certain twists in that game made it fantastic. But there is one very important thing that almost ruined that game for me. And that is a little thing called the Batmobile. (laughs) Of course. I... I, we kind of we spoiled Batman on the last N4G. I'm going to say this right here. When I saw the Arkham Knight destroy the Batmobile, I fucking got up out of my chair and cheered. I was like, thank <laughs> Christ. I will never have to get in that piece of shit again. Then, ten minutes later, Lucius <laughs> Fox delivers a new fucking Batmobile. And I said, you know it's what? Very Lucius? important to the gameplay. Drew. I'm going to kill you, Lucius. I'm going to kill Lucius Fox because he made a second <laughs> Batmobile just for Batman. I can only imagine the look on your face of when it blew up, and then when you saw it come back. Yeah, because it blew up during it blew up during a boss fight. I was like, I'm so fucking glad that boss fight over, and the Batmobile was destroyed. Thank Christ! And then Lucius like, I'm sending in a new Batmobile. Fuck you, Lucius! God damn it! <laughs> but but those tank. Tank uh, boss battles are the best parts of the game, Drew. Yeah, I know, really. That's yeah. why they threw Fantastic. three of them in there. Uh, yeah. You have to wonder what they were thinking when they designed it. I mean, I, I like that game too a lot. Uh, and aside from the, you know, I even like the tank stuff, but just too much. And you, you got to think at what point in the like a meeting we're like, yeah, let's just throw, let's just do this. Let's, this is really good. Yeah. I mean, as far as a Batman game goes, it's great. You know, I mean, it, you know, when you're outside of the Batmobile sneaking around, Taking out guys, you know, it's fucking great. I mean, you feel like Batman. You know, it's the I, don't, I haven't seen combat like that executed so well before. Um, and it's it's fucking superb in that way. And that's one of the reasons why it's in my top ten. Uh, but that Batmobile, I mean, I I almost quit this game during some of the Batmobile sections 
Uh, and when I beat that game officially, I immediately traded it in because I was like, I'm yeah. done with this game. <laughs> you know, it's a shame that they didn't, you know, like, cause the Batmobile, when they used it for like puzzles or how to progress, that was really cool. Yeah. But just overdone, even the races weren't that bad, but the tanks, the tank, 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 tank. Yeah. That's all it was. My number nine, um, which should have been my game of the year is Metal Gear Solid five, the Phantom Pain. Should've, yeah. I expected would it would be pretty low. Yeah. The reason why uh, it is in my top ten games is because of how this game plays. Because, see, unlike Batman, Batman I played for Batman, you know, the story and the characters. Metal Gear is what I usually play for the story and the characters, but that shit isn't there in this game. (laughs) But, unlike Batman, Metal Gear has great combat sequences. The yes. moment-to-moment gameplay in that is superb. It's 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 the one of the best open-world games I've ever played. But it is the worst Metal Gear game I have ever played in my entire life. And coming from a Metal Gear fan, that makes me sick to my fucking stomach. <laughs> the fact that Hideo Kojima, one of the most innovative developers in the world goes out with his beloved franchise with this game is fucking depressing. Mm-hmm. But it's still my number nine. It's fine, Drew. He'll make a new game. It's going to be called uh, Solid Gear Metal. Solid yeah, Gear Metal? Be, yeah, it's going to be for you know PS4 or something, and it's going to be great. It's going to be everything you want there from Metal Gear Solid 5, maybe more. Oh, there you go. I hope that doesn't happen. I, I I really really hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> oh Jesus! Well, I fucked up. Did you now? I did, because my number eight was actually an honorable mention. I fucked up because <laughs> I looked oh. at my list wrong. Wow, Drew. Yeah, my number eight is Tales from the Borderlands. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How do you screw that up? You just gave like a huge justification of why it's not on your top ten. Before. I know, I know, because I looked at my—I it, forgot to remove it from my honorable <laughs> mentions when I put it on my list down at the bottom of the fucking page. Uh, Fuck. just, just switch it. Just switch it with something like uh, Trine Three or something. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could do. Yeah, oh, yeah. One Piece Pirate Warriors Three is is my no. Just <laughs> snuck in there. Yeah. <laughs> Tales from the Borderlands. Uh, so there is one thing I do want to mention about Tales from the Borderlands is the intros. So everybody knows that when you play a Borderlands game, they always have this like musical number with like you know things going on in the background, and they usually like use a licensed track. Each episode of Tales from the Borderlands starts with a musical number in a very stylistic way, and that was one of the things that actually made me love this game. Um, and they use great songs. Episode five, like most of the time. I've never heard of these songs. Episode five used a song that I fucking love and I, I had heard it before and I was like, they fucking, they nailed it. It was, it was a perfect moment to go along with the perfect song. Everybody should play Tales from the Borderlands. Even I even said that in my honorable mention time. So whatever. <laughs> uh, my number seven, uh, something that was on Justin's list until dawn. Yeah. Um, that was some of the, the most fun time I've had playing with other people uh, was I had friends over at the house. We every we do a chapter. Each chapter is like oh, it's a, you know, 
10 hours until dawn, nine hours until dawn. When we got that, we, we handed the controller to somebody else. And there, there is a, a big reveal about halfway through that game that literally made me and my friend like jump up out of our seat saying, what the fuck is going on in this game? Cause it's, it's crazy how they handle that stuff. And it is so well done. Uh, and like I think it's well acted. Now I, some of it is a little hammy, and it's, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be like a s- slasher flick, and there is some crazy uncanny valley stuff in there. But then there's sometimes that shit looks photorealistic. Um, and I absolutely loved it. It's it's a it's a fun little romp, and uh, you know I had three people die in my first playthrough, and I really want to go back and make sure everybody survives just to see how different it is. Um. And um, th- just the way they did things, like the the whole you have to hold the controller still, or you know uh, something might get you. You know, it's it's, it's stuff like that that's, that that really it was kind of innovative for its time. I, I'd never I'd never seen anything like that before, uh, and it was really well for, done for, for its time. It was yeah, it was you like make it sound like a ten year old man for for three. Well, I'm I'm guarantee you some <laughs> other some other game is going to use that. I hope they do. It's a good mechanic as far as actually yeah, good thinking time. that. Yeah, that control. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Matt. You said it, man. Whatever. Fuck you guys. <laughs> uh, my number six, which I have a feeling will probably be on Jay's list, is uh, Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. Damn right it is. I, I have played Monster Hunters before, and I've, I've enjoyed a lot of them. Uh, Freedom Unite was probably, besides 4, was the one I put the most time into. Uh, but... Playing Monster Hunter 4, there's a few reasons why. One, even though I've played Monster Hunter before, I'm still a beginner. And 4 really eased people into that gameplay. Uh, it had a, it, it, it still had a kind of a, a, a strange tutorial, but it eased you into the whole aspect of learning all these intricacies and how to craft things and you know how to how to work uh, different types of weapons and stuff like that, uh, and I, I I fucking fell in love with the newest weapon in the game, which was the insect glaive. <laughs> yep. um, and me and Jay playing online, and I, I know a, a listener uh, Neo Spawn, we all played together, had a fucking blast with that game. That game is so much fun. The only thing, like the only thing that I can say about Monster Hunter Four that I wish would happen. Fucking bring this to like a PlayStation Four or an I know, Xbox dude. One. God, I mean, they're never going to do it, but uh, I want it so bad. That's, I mean, that's all they have to do. You would have a fucking that'd be game of the year for me. Because I mean, you know, sitting down on my 3DS with this fucking gigantic like Circle Pad Pro, you know, and then sitting on Skype with Jay. I mean, yeah, it's fun, but that's not the ideal way to play that game. You know, I want to play this on a fucking television. Didn't, mm-hmm. didn't that game also have like the best presentation for like a story and and whatnot? Yeah, perhaps? it actually it actually tried to have a story. I mean, granted, yeah. it's not the best in the world, but I mean, yeah, but it's something. I mean, I, I I didn't get too far into it, but I I still very much remember the beginning on the ship and the thing coming out and shooting the cannons, and I thought that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, you fight that thing later too, which is yeah. even better. Yeah, uh, and awesome. what this game does is that it actually takes the character that you make your whatever armor, equipment, and weapon you have, and puts it in the the cinematics. It's all in game, 
And as you're in- introduced to new monsters that you're hunting, it, it goes into this really dramatic uh, cinematic, and your character is there acting, and then it just like phases backwards right onto your control, kind of like how the old Metal Gear games used to do, like right before like a boss fight, and yeah. it just feels amazing. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. That's cool. Yeah, I like that. The the presentation of that game is really well done, and one of the things that I love about Monster Hunter and what I love about RPGs that do this. Is, you know, when you equip something, you see it and you feel it. And it, it, it's like, you know, if you feel like you've accomplished something whenever you get a new piece of equipment, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it and that that was the coolest thing was like, I wish I could share, share screenshots of this because I was taking pictures with my phone. I was like, my guy looks like a badass because he's got like this insect armor on and it looks really cool. And, you know, it was it was great, man. Monster Hunter 4 is a fantastic game. And it's, it's one of those where I think if you were ever kind of... Uh, scared to get into these type of games that's a really good one to jump into yep because um, it eases it eases players in yeah i like freedom unite i would definitely play four if it was on the playstation yeah and if you look at or freedom, xbox freedom unite was one of the most convoluted fucking games in the world to try and learn it was yeah. it was so difficult to get into but i played a lot of it um number five is dying light um i put 44 hours into this game um I was a gigantic fan of Dead Island. I absolutely loved that game. Riptide, yeah, sure, it wasn't the greatest in the world, but I thought it was fun. Um, but this yeah, game, like an expansion. Oh, yeah, that's, that's exactly what it was, you know. Um, but I played a lot co-op with you and Ken and mm-hmm. Justin, and we had a blast. I mean, it was it was fun. Yeah. The part the parkour worked. It worked really well. Um, the, the look and feel of it all, like, yeah, sure. It's zombies, but I mean, while those may be overdone, um, they did some really interesting things. One of the coolest fucking moments ever this year, uh, was in dying light where in the loading screens, it gives you like tips and stuff like that. And they keep mentioning the infected. So you got zombies who are basically dead people that came back to life. Then you have the infected, who were people that got bit and got turned into a zombie. And it, in the, the tool tips, they say that the the infected, who are really fast-moving zombies, they still show pieces of humanity. And there was a part where I was fighting an infected, and I reared back to hit him with like a fucking crowbar or something like that. And literally, the zombie lifted his arms up and kind of backed away and yelled, no, no, like that. And then it started attacking me again. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck was that? I was, really? I never saw that. Oh, my God. It happened multiple times. It was huh. so fucking creepy, dude. Because it was like for a, for a second there, it was they acted like a human. You know, and I, they were flinching and stuff. I was like, wow, that is so fucking crazy. And it was so fucking cool and well done. And, like, it just the, the look of that thing. And, like, th- this game and Dragon's Dogma were the only two games I've ever seen that does nighttime right. Oh, yeah. Pitch fucking black. You can't see shit. It's fucking scary. <laughs> and it's so well done. I think the thing you, that you say, like, it was it, – to me, it's the one of the first and only co-op games I think I've played where I was not only having a blast, not only creating hilarious moments with stuff blowing up and weird things happening, but also it was fucking terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> that game is fucking scary in some spots. It's really good. Um, and I was surprised coming from, like, oh, it's another Dead Island because Dead Island was to- totally tongue-in-cheek. I mean, you're playing yeah. Sam B., you know, who do you voodoo, bitch? You know, it's, it's and, and stuff like that. It wasn't scary at all. No, no, no. Dead, Dead Island was not scary. It was more like a, 
It was basically like you put a bunch of superheroes in a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Because you're just a badass, you know. Um, but yeah, number five is Dying Light. Number four, uh, Fallout 4. Uh, what originally was probably going to be one of my top games of the year uh, ended up on number four spot, which is nothing to shy away from. And I think Fallout 4 is a is a very good game. Um, it, it most certainly has some issues. Um, I, I completed the game, uh, but that, that that that's kind of the testament to it. Was that like I for about twenty hours, I did nothing but just explore, look around, stuff like that, and then after that. I was like, all right, I'm mainlining the shit because <laughs> I was like, I just, I just kind of want to finish it. Um, and there's a ton of stuff that I didn't even get to see. You know, I, like I, I'm watching like YouTube videos talking about, oh, there's this thing over here that like leads off this gigantic quest, and I was like, I didn't even see that stuff. There's multiple NPCs, like multiple like companions that I never met in the game, and it's nuts. And it's it, a big game. It's a gigantic game. Um, but when you look at it from like just a map perspective, you're like, ah, this map isn't that big. No, it's fucking huge when you actually start traversing. And then you can also go off the map. There are places that are off the map that you don't even know. It's, it's crazy. I mean, this, the, the game is, is huge. The, the biggest, I guess, letdown would be is that it's Fallout. They, they made another Fallout game. And while, yeah. the, while those are good, they didn't change it up. Well, and in some uh, people's cases, they revert. They 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 limited with like dialogue options mm-hmm. as, as some as far as some people are concerned. And I mean, I didn't really have a problem with it, but I can see what people were saying. Yeah, uh, I'm sure you really enjoy the Minecraft aspect of building your own settlement and going to defend a new settlement every couple of like hour or so. Yeah, I totally. That was always fun. I totally didn't do that. Yeah, you just yeah. Can, you ignore that. I I <laughs> absolutely ignored that. the The thing I liked about it was that you could craft your armor. And they basically took everything from Skyrim and dumped it into this, and that that was kind of cool. You know, you you can totally just you know make armor, make different types of weapons, modify your weapons. Um, and well, I kind of I mean, they, they did give you a good reason to loot everything in this one, whereas in the other ones it was kind of like, eh, why am I doing this? Yeah. So I mean, they tried to do something that was innovative, and I'm trust me, there's I've seen videos of people making all sorts of crazy forts and stuff, and. It's it's nuts the 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 amount of stuff that they can actually do in that game. Um, but you know, a lot of that stuff just kind of went by me. I just didn't like. I, I don't want to mess with this stuff. I want to play yeah, Fallout. We, you we know? don't need it in a Fallout game per se. Yeah. yeah, that game is more about exploring than it is crafting stuff. And uh, what they do there is great. Um, but like I said, it, it just feels. I mean, you know, if you played Fallout Three or New Vegas, just like when I said when I first talked about my impressions of the game. I was like, you're probably gonna like this, because that's that's what they did. They made another one of those games, um, but it's still good. Um, number three is actually a, a more recent release, um, a game that was on my radar, but I didn't really, I wasn't really paying much attention to it. But now that I've delved deep into it, I I am in love with this game, and that is Xenoblade Chronicles X. Mm-hmm. I. I fucking love that game. There's yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. I'm gonna u- I'm gonna use that music for uh, the either the intro or the outro. I guarantee it. Um, but I, you know, I mean, there's a lot of issues with that game. There oh, really is. Yes. There, re- there really is. I mean, I'll be the first one to admit 
They don't tell you jack shit. Uh-uh. You, you know, they like, oh, here's a little follow ball. That follow ball does nothing. It, I had the, the follow ball basically just fly into the ocean endlessly for about 30 <laughs> minutes before I decided to give up. I was like, where is this even leading me? And then I, I it doesn't know where it's going, really. <laughs> so the, uh, but yeah, you're going to get quests where they say, collect data of these things. Where are they? Fuck if I know. It's on this continent, Drew. Isn't that enough for you? Yes, yeah, sure. Christ. Sure. <laughs> and the game is huge. I think the game is absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, um, and the thing is, is like that game is gigantic. Like I, I, I've got like almost 30 hours in this game. That game is huge. And then all of a sudden you get your skill and the Did game opens up. Yet? Yeah. I finally got my skill. And then all of okay, a sudden that good. game opens up even fucking more. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I don't even know what to do now. There's so <laughs> much stuff to do. It's crazy. But the thing that I love the most is a the presentation and b that fucking combat is so much fun. It's it's so strange. I've never seen combat quite like that before, where it feels passive in a way. You know, all you're doing is choosing like five or six combinations down at the bottom of the screen. Um, but and you'd think, oh, that doesn't take you know much concentration. No. You have to pay attention to a lot of stuff. You know, like when your characters, you know, shout out different things, you need to do that. You know, you're going to do more damage that way, or you're going to uh, put down like debuffs on guys. And it's, man, it's it's really well done. I I am so glad I picked this game up. It's addicting too. It is. Mm -hmm. I, I really love this game. I mean, it's like, that was the thing. It was, it was originally going to be like a number like eight game. And like when I first made this list, and then like two weeks later, after I put nothing but Xenoblade in, I was like, I, I got to put this higher on the list. This is fa- you still got about forty more hours. To I know, <laughs> I know. One of the reasons why I went ahead and mainline Fallout because I was like, I want to get this done so I can play Xenoblade, and I'm glad I did. I really, really love this game, and it, that kind of came out of nowhere for me. I mean, yeah, I, everybody was talking about it, but. Everybody was talking about it, and then it released, and now nobody's talking about it. Yeah, it's it, it, it like nobody is talking about this game. It's it's just the platform that the Wii U yeah. just is that popular outside of Splatoon and Mario Maker. Yeah, and, but I yeah, I mean I think it works great on the Wii U. Yeah, it does. They, they, oh, it's a te- they it's cut a, a hell of a lot of corners, but it, it works. Yeah, I like I like how the map works. You know, I, I use that fast travel all the time. Yeah, it's the only game I recommend using the Wii U pad instead of an actual like pro controller or something. Yeah. Really handy to have. That's horrible. <laughs> it's... Um, but uh, yeah, my number two is Life is Strange. Wow, mm. that's that color me surprised. Uh, this is one of the there's two games in my life that has ever made me cry. Uh, one of them is Life is Strange, while the other one is Lost Odyssey. And Life is Strange, like, really hit a bunch of notes for me. Like, I think, because I was reviewing the game while they were releasing. Um, So I had to pay attention to them right whenever they came out. And they left on so many well-done cliffhangers. I was like, I've got to see what happens next. You know, the first episode, 
is is the weakest one. I mean, I, I have to give it to them. That I, I think Dang. that. Well, I mean, it really it is because I mean, and I loved it. So that's why I'm like, oh my god, I gotta get back to it. They're they're setting up characters, and you know, they're setting up Max's power to rewind time and stuff like that. And I mean, they do a good job of that. But I mean, it is a very slow episode. Um, and I can understand where Ken comes from. Uh, Ken didn't like the game. You know, I, I've been raving about it for a long time, and um, Ken tried it, and he said it wasn't for him. Uh, and I can understand that. But at the same time, I like episode two, the ending of episode two is really, really good. Um, and they, they hit on points that I guess, I, I guess it kind of strikes a note with me, um, in certain aspects. Um, and you know, there's choices in that game that like, there is a choice at the beginning of episode four that I, I, I sat at that screen for like 10 minutes. I was like, I don't know what to do here. I was like, both, both of these are horrible, but it's like, I, you have to choose one. And one of the great things about it is like, because Max has the ability to rewind time, you can make a choice, see what the outcome is. And if you don't like it, you can rewind and do that choice again, but you don't know how that's going to affect later on. Yeah, let me ask you a question on that too, real mm-hmm. quick. Do they continue in the next and the rest of the episodes? Because I felt like in the first episode, every time I made a choice, it like she would say something or something would be suggested, like that might not have been a good idea. So I'm all, and then I'd change it, and then it would say the same kind of thing, like this might not really be such a great. And I'm like, I don't know which choice to choose because you're not telling me you're giving me any hint on what's good or bad, dude. Yeah, yeah, no, they trust me. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna know exactly which choice I'm talking about. Okay. And and when you run into that choice, I want you to like text me or something and oh, I will. and just give me your reaction. Cuz <laughs> okay. when when I got to that choice, I was like, "Fuck you, game. You're going to make me choose this?" I was, oh. I was it was fucking nuts. That game I cannot suggest that game enough to people. Like I understand that the, that that you know uh, uh, how you feel about a game is subjective obviously, and I know that there's people out there that dislike Life is Strange. I th- fucking absolutely love this game. I think it's absolutely fantastic. It's one of the best games I've played this year. Gotta uh, gotta play that too, along with Yakuza Five. Yep. Yeah. Oh yes. And uh, my number one game. Uh, I, like I said, this isn't in any particular order, but my number one game is actually Heroes of the Storm. Ah, I was wondering when that was gonna pop up. Um, <laughs> I, this may not be the game of the year for me, um, but but it, but it is. But it is. <laughs> okay, Drew, Drew. you confuse me sometimes, man. <laughs> I know. The, the like like I said, I mean, one's, my list is not in any particular order. But well, it's it sounds like in the order of favorite games, not best games. Yeah, that's exactly what I, I mean. Yeah. Okay. I had a I had and I am still having a absolute blast playing this game. And uh, Jay, you you have turned you turned me on to MOBAs. Okay, I've always seen them from afar. You know, I've always seen live streams of them, and I don't know what the fuck's going on. But that guy killed that guy, and it was fucking crazy. And, and you know, and I, I never understood the the jargon or what the characters did and stuff like that. And me and you sat down and played. I, I, I've put well over twenty hours into Dota two. Now I know that's nothing compared to. <laughs> that's like that's like playing maybe. The demo, and yeah. then you know, the the first level of a demo maybe is yeah. Is but but putting twenty hours into a game, 
I'm going to know if I want to keep playing this or not. Mm, true. And while I enjoyed my time with Dota, there's too much there. Shit is hard. That shit is fucking hard. Like, and the biggest thing for me is the store, the in-game store where you have to buy equipment and you need to know which equipment you have to buy to combine them together to make this special badass equipment. And then it's like, well, you know what? If you don't want to deal with that, just go with this, this list, this guy made up and just auto buy that stuff. And I'm just like, I, I don't even want to do this. I don't like, I've tried multiple MOBAs. Okay. I've tried League <laughs> of Legends. I've tried Dota 2. I've tried, I even tried the fucking Infinite Crisis game. And I was just like, I not feeling these at all. And then I decided to boot up Heroes of the Storm. Heroes of the Storm is a MOBA that I think anybody can get into. Because they what I love about MOBAs is the action. And Heroes does not bog you down with menu shit and stuff like that. You're sticking to the action. Because every time I played Dota 2, I was sitting at a store menu looking at stuff. I'm like, I'm wasting time here because people are destroying my shit right now. You know, and I, 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 don't, I don't know what to buy. Heroes, a little menu pops up. You choose one of four things and you go. That's it. You know, it's, it's all about like passive abilities or do you want to buff this one ability that you really like to use or, you know, and there's multiple builds. So like while it's simplistic in nature, it is so complex in other ways. You know, like each character has like five different builds, you know, and depending on how you want to play that character, I mean, you know, there's multiple ways to play it. Um, another fact is that I'm a huge Blizzard fan, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm not a big StarCraft player or even a World of Warcraft player, but just seeing, you know, the witch doctor from Diablo 3, you know, fighting alongside Diablo is, is kind of cool. It's like, it's like a Super Smash Brothers of <laughs> Blizzard games. And, I I have been just like I was with Guild Wars 2. I am like this big spokesperson for Heroes of the Storm, trying to get every every other person I know to play. And I know I've got Ken kind of hooked. Um I fucking love this game. That it's free to play. They don't I mean Yeah, there's characters that are really good. And yeah, you have to buy them. Now, you can't earn the gold to buy them. It's going to take some time. So, yeah, they still have a way to to throw in a little bit of that free-to-play bullshit. I mean, I'm not going to beat around that bush. It's, I mean, there there is a, there is small free-to-play stuff. But the great thing about it is, is I think it's decently balanced to the point where even the free-to-play characters that rotate every week, there's there's viable characters in every one of them. And I, you know, even though I stick to the characters that I actually own. Just just experimenting with other characters like the other night, me and Jay were playing, and we just experimented. And I found a couple of characters that were really cool, you know. And I mean, it's it's a fantastic game. It's a game that, like I told Justin, if you're in like a gaming slump and you just want like a quick fix, you know, I want to play a game for 20 minutes. Play a game with Heroes of the Storm. You, you'll you more than likely you're gonna have some fun. You know, it's it's great having, you know, we have no towers left, yet we come back and beat them. Or we have three AI characters on our team, and we're taking, <laughs> a, we're taking a full team, and we beat them. And I'm like, this is fucking great. It feels so good to win in that game. 
the thing that Heroes of Storm does better than the other games is that it has the, the map variety that other MOBAs don't because MOBAs cater towards that. It has to be 100% symmetric. So, it you know, the side of the map has to equal and there can be no advantage. That means there can really be one type of map and yeah. it has to be the exact same thing. But it changes because the, the there's so much dynamic difference between the heroes that you choose, the skills, and the builds. And that's where you get the difference. But in heroes, the maps and the objectives they throw at you is very different. And some heroes uh, cater towards uh, certain maps and so so on. And... Um, you know, you don't you don't really have to worry about that in uh, in the other games, but at the same time, because you're seeing different maps all the time as you play, it keeps it, it fresh. Does, yeah, it, it keeps it fresh. Like, I mean, I I played a map I've never played before, even though I'm like level twenty two. Like when I went back into a play with Drew, and they keep adding new maps and new heroes fairly irregularly. So, I think I think that's probably the the biggest selling point of Heroes as far as other mobile skill. It's not it's not your everyday mobile. It's very different. Yeah, and it's fun. It's good for what it what it is. Yeah, I think it's just pure fun. I I, I fucking I absolutely love that game, and I suggest it to anybody who ever whoever wanted to try a MOBA and didn't know where to start. Heroes of the Storm is a perfect jumping on point. Um, that's my top ten. Uh, as far as disappointments go, I I kind of touched on them a little bit. Uh, but Batman's Batmobile, I that, that's a horrible. Horrible addition to that game. Um, and then Metal Gear Solid Story. And uh, that, that wraps me up. Let's see. Okay. Who are we going to go with next? I'm going to go... Whoever's... All right. Jay is at the top of my list. So, Jay, how about you go next? Sure. Um, let's see. Uh, I kept my list fairly simple. Like uh, like you guys, I don't have like numbers associated with them. I don't. I don't really... I don't know. I, I think it's not. It has no relevance to the list at all about how much I enjoy the game. It's like it's almost like picking your favorite child kind of thing. You <laughs> you love them for different reasons, and you can't just say like this is my number one child. No, you don't do that. Maybe you do. Yeah. But doesn't everybody kind of have a number one child? <laughs> <laughs> you do it in your mind, okay? But you know, but you know, that's that's why I'll, I'll have a game of the year, but. As far as like you know, not ten, nine, eight, seven, six, all that stuff. That's that's rubbish. I'm just gonna go. Um, I'll go from the ones that uh, people have mentioned because uh, they, I mean I think you guys have already said uh, quite well what what these games are about and what's good about them. Uh, Resident Evil Revelations Two. This game kind of came out of nowhere for me because I saw the graphics, I saw the previews, I saw some of the gameplay trailers, and I was like, this game looks like the 3DS game of Res doesn't look very interesting and it's going to be an episodic and Capcom has never done this episodic format yet and they're going to do it on the big franchise like Resident Evil so it was a big gamble but it worked out very well the episodic nature of the content actually worked out terrifically just like Justin said it it was kind of like I was looking forward to the next week's episode of of my favorite new show or something like that and the pacing for the for the thing if I had to play if I sat down and beat that game from beginning to end in like you know, in one sitting, I don't think I would have enjoyed that game nearly as much as if I didn't have that time to kind of uh, mull over the cliffhanger and what might be coming up next. Uh, and uh, they did a they did a really good job. And obviously, Telltale can take some note here. Jesus Christ! And their <laughs> <sighs> Tales from the Borderlands took like what, like a year and a half to come out, retro? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to give it to Life is Strange. They were consistent. They took a month and a half. 
Yeah, that's that's good. It's yeah, it's good. still on the little bit on the long side, but that's at least it's consistent, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what you want and that's what you expect. Uh, so that's good. I also have Soma. Uh, Justin also uh, mentioned this one as well. Um, mm, yes. The metaphysical existential philosophy pondering. And no one expected this kind of storytelling in a I frictional didn't. game. You expected it? No, I didn't. Yeah. Oh, didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, certainly. And it just kind of, I expected a, a spook house, you know? I expected to be scared. I expected to have a good atmosphere. But I, I didn't think that it would go into these um, these debates about what makes us human, what it means to exist. And the thing Soma does is that it has all these little nuances in the story. Uh, did everyone here play it? I you did know? not. Okay, so I won't go into any not. spoilers. But the thing is, this game has twists, but a lot of stories in general in, in video games, they're they're shallow in their storytelling where they use twists as a device, as a means to the end. It's, it's kind of like the apex of their uh, like what they're going for. Everything is meant to serve the twist. But in this game, the twist is meant to serve the story and nothing more. It just happens yes. to be it exists and it works. And that's what's good about it. And the game doesn't even play play that to like a high degree at all. It happens, you see it happen, and you just go with it. And that's such yeah. a refreshing change. Yeah, mm -hmm. refreshing change of pace from what other video games do. Uh, and, you know, like the, the, the scary element's not that important, but it does have some really disturbing imagery, which I can always appreciate in a video game. Uh, it, yeah, just really, really surprising and uh, a lot of fun to play. Uh, Until Dawn, you guys have both mentioned, um, can't be hard on right. Uh, you know, David Cage isn't dead, but he'd be rolling in his grave. At <laughs> <laughs> how well this game does what he tried to accomplish. Yeah, yeah, and in, in the way the the whole gameplay fix, uh, you know, meets together, like all the little button combinations that that you had to deal with, and like the like heavy rain and all that beyond and all that stuff, it's, it's like nonsense. It's just kind of there. Just so that you're not just watching a movie, but in Until Dawn, you really feel like you're involved and immersed into the experience. With, like, for example, the thing we said, just hold on to the controller. Those are some of the most tense moments I had this yeah. year. Yeah. Just holding on to dear life with that controller, looking at that light, making sure I don't, you know, fizzle <laughs> and out. And you're already doing like that. that by default in a way. Yeah. Yeah, you are. But at the same time, your character is already also there too, just kind of trying to stay still, not make any noise. So it fits perfectly with what's going on and what you're doing as well. And it's such a nice little nuance. And that's not something that I've seen used uh, properly. Like motion gaming in general. The PS4 had this functionality, but what, what other game uses it really, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's just a fantastic addition. Um, I'll, I'll keep going with the games that's been mentioned. Witcher 3. Uh, enough's been said. It's it's big, it's in incredibly, <laughs> incredibly well-polished and d done right. Uh, the story is interesting. I wouldn't say the story is like the best of the best, but the thing about this is that it's, it's like moment-to-moment -moment story, like the side quest that you get into about like, you don't know what to expect. You go into a place, you're like, oh, there's a, there's a mission to hunt like this thing. You don't know what it is, and people are giving you this information, and... and most of the time, it doesn't turn out to be that thing that they think it is. Yeah. And you go, you, you go investigate, and you find this and that, and it's just really fascinating. I love the world. I started reading some of the books, um, you know, so I love the characters as well. And uh, Witcher Three just it kind of shows me it's it's what I want the Dragon Age Inquisition to be like. Yeah, as would, far would as you what say that the uh, would you say that this, they did the side quest really well in this one? 
Um, yes, but at the same time, I feel like they kind of overdid it to some degree. Where you know you have you have a variation of one side quest, but they felt felt the need to make sure you there was like a variation on that variation of a quest. So <laughs> I think a little bit more condensed uh, lists of quests, less quests, but make them a little bit more elaborate in, t- in some degrees. I mean, I can't really complain. There's just so much to enjoy here. But I think they they tried to do too much in some ways gotcha, instead yeah. of just polishing polishing. Like seventy five percent of the quests they already had, you know, because uh, most of the players are never gonna see like all of this game. It's just they they just don't have that many hours in their lifetime. So you know, it's just <laughs> just, just 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 that. Um, Monster Hunter Four Ultimate. Uh, this this is the game that I put the most amount of hours in as far as games that came out this year. Uh, I checked. I actually booted up Monster Hunter Four Ultimate. Uh, the day before yesterday, just to see how many hours I put in. And then I loaded up the game. I was like, ah, maybe I'll do a quest. And then I wanted to sleep at 4 o'clock in the morning that night. <laughs> I just, I, you just pick up and play that game, and it's just so crazy. The amount of quests and the, mon- the monster variety that you can tackle. The online component works really well. Uh, t- the items just feel really impactful, make you feel powerful. So I put... 190 hours into that game. Wow. And I still Ooh. have things that I want to do in that game and I want to play more. Um I'm that's what I was actually doing earlier. I was watching the AGDQ stream and playing some Monster Hunter for Ultimate and that's a good time. Um Monster Hunter Cross is ship came out in Japan but should be coming out in the states. Um hope that comes out sooner than later. Yeah. Uh okay now to the games that uh no no one has mentioned I'll go with one in particular um Science Gate anyone heard of this one I I oh, know yeah. you reviewed it I want to play I, it I haven't played it Okay it's on my list uh, to play I uh, you should play it I, I don't know how you feel about um, a completely story driven game it's like a visual novel kind of deal if you're if you're into those you should play this game and what sets this game among its peers, like the other visual novel games, which there are a lot of. If you if you look at Steam releases nowadays, um, they're just popping up left and right. Yeah, I I, I do want to mention I did play Her Story. And oh yeah. While while I found that very interesting, mm-hmm. I I didn't mention it. Um, it's it's different. Yeah, the concept is really cool. Yeah. But the actual act of playing it or experiencing it wasn't. All that interesting, uh, but I could see how people might have been like taken off guard and uh, see it as something special, though. Yeah. Uh, but um, Steinsgate has this phenomenal world building. Uh, it bases much of its fiction firmly in reality, and that's that's a storytelling like that's a kind of like a storytelling world building technique that's not used enough, and it's a shame because it's so effective. You have this story about time travel, and we can, you know, we can we can sit and argue about uh, maybe you know sometime down the line, maybe it could be possible, whatever. But as it is now, the scientific community has established that time travel is impossible. So we're talking about something that is impossible, but this game makes it improbable, and that is done through referencing so much like reality events. So have you guys ever heard of a thing called the uh, Large Hadron Collider? Sure I, have, I, right? I I know what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, and the uh, the CERN and everyone the the the, the people that are behind uh, behind a lot of scientific uh, evolutions and such, including the LH 
C. And this individual that came um, called John Titer or Teeter. You guys ever heard of that video? Oh, yeah, exactly. all about him. Really fascinating things, kind of like legends uh, among the world. And you, you reference them and you say, what if? What if this person really did come from the future? What if all the things that he said uh, that became true is true because of he, what he really was? And what uh, the things that didn't happen was because of another reality. And it throws all these theories and ideas at you in such a way that it makes sense even though it clearly shouldn't, that it builds up this world that just makes it like your own. And when it, all these things are happening to these characters, it feels really compelling the way it happens. And if you're into sci-fi stories, I think ScienceGate probably has my favorite time travel story of all time. The way they kind of tell or what are the rules of time traveling in this universe com- compared to some other ones. Because time travel is a, is a tricky mistress. You can write yourself into a hole and it could backfire with all the rules and logic behind it all. And this one does it right. And if you're interested in a visual novel story with a lot of heart, uh, a lot of soul, and uh, you know, just good, good humor to boot and some really nice eccentric cast of characters, Steins Gate is definitely something that you should check out. Okay. Um, another game is uh, Trails in the Sky, uh, second chapter. And I'll also throw a coal seal in there at the same time because they came out in the same year. Even though they're different games, but same series. And you know me, I, I play a lot of RPG games, a lot of JRPGs uh, especially. And the reason why this game or this game series has been on my radar and is continuing to climb uh, my favorite series uh, is that the way they do the the characters, you know, let's say you meet someone, right? Uh, you meet someone at a bar, you meet someone at a party, you talk to them. Uh, you know, you you ask them about who they are, what their job is, and whatever. You get to know them a little bit, but how much of a person do you really know until you see them in their own element, with their family, with their friends, and everything else? Meeting and seeing where they came from, and you know their home and everything. You really don't get a sense of a person until you see those things, and that's what Trails does. It doesn't take shortcuts in character development. And building, uh, building up interactions and relationship between them, it takes its time. It, it goes through the steps that's necessary to really get to know people, and that's what Trails does as an RPG game that I don't think any other game does uh, that I played, uh, and that's what makes the game compelling. The, the gameplay and the combat is fine. It's good. It's it's got depth to spare. It's fun. It's um kind of got this uh like. Uh, was it turn-based combat, but it's got some active elements to it as well. Uh, but I think what I really love about this series is the way it builds its characters and relationships. And uh, Cold Seal is just part one of, I think, three trilogy games. Second one should be coming yeah. out this year. So, I mean, if you are if you want to play like a really deep, interesting uh, RPG game with really awesome character uh, interactions... Cold Steel, I think, might be uh, something that should be on your radar. A good jumping on point, you say? Yeah, Yeah. because um, Hmm. it's in the same universe as the Trails in the Sky series, but it introduces a whole other continent and a whole new cast of characters, along with some like returning, returning, but not like main main ones. So it's it's a good it's a good point to uh, start off, definitely. So uh, I I love it. I go go ahead, Justin. I was just gonna say I love it, and I've only played 
uh, a little bit of Trails 1, and I wanted to, you know, I've been meaning to play it, and then I saw 2 came out. But then I was like, well, I'm just going to jump on on this one. Uh, and I got and I've just I've I think I'm on close to the end of chapter two and I'm just I'm loving the character development, the combat, everything about it like is pulling me in, which means I'm going to definitely go back and play uh, Trails in the Sky chapter one and two. But yeah, I mean, I've been able to get into it. I haven't felt lost or like, oh, what is this about? Like it does a really good job of, of bringing the player up to speed on, on its its core story. Yeah, okay. it's it's phenomenal. Oh, go ahead, Drew. My, my question is because I'm, I'm slightly confused here. Mm hmm. Tra- All right. The full title is Legend of Heroes Ta- Trails in the yes. Sky. Okay. And the mm-hmm. one that came out this year was episode two or chapter two? Uh, well, oh, let me tell you. it's There's uh, there's multiple series, right? right. Trails in the Sky uh, is the first of the trail series. And there's, I believe, three series. Um, Trails in the Sky is the first one. And there was one in the middle that we didn't get. Okay. Uh, but it takes place in yet another continent of the same world. Okay. Uh, and uh, Trails in the Sky takes uh, place in Liberal. Uh, Cold Steel takes uh, place in – I forget the name of it. It's the, it's the Empire. It's the big bad, so to speak. Okay. Uh, so imagine like you're playing on the side of like the rebels in Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. And then now you're in the, you're in the, in the, in the foots of like the, the Empire, the bigwigs, this powerhouse that's supposed to be dominating everyone. But you see their own strife and turmoil okay. and everything else. It's, there's, there, there's a face to everything. And that's what this game does really well. So yeah, Cold Steel. Just I, to it. I remember Jason playing a PSP game and mm-hmm. it was, it was Trails in the Sky. And, but this was years ago. Oh yeah, I'm talking like at least two years ago, and it, it, he said it's. I remember him saying it was about a brother and sister. Uh, yes, kind of. That was the first game in the series, I guess. Yeah, Trails in the Sky, and then Trails in the Sky SC, which is second chapter, uh-huh. finishes off that story arc. Okay. The first game literally ends on the most massive cliffhanger of all time, and the second game takes place a day after the first game ends. Okay. So it's like a direct continuation. You can't play, you know, second chapter until you play the first one. But you can just and, go straight into Cold Steel. You don't even have to worry about the. Uh, tri- and I've heard, all, uh, even though they're. I've heard Cold Cold Steel has a big cliffhanger too. Is that right? <laughs> you have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm, a, I'm still in pain. <laughs> if that's but the, the, but the if, good thing. Go ahead. But go the ahead. good thing is Cold Steel Two is already confirmed for next year. Whereas Trails in the Sky Second Chapter, it was like yeah. Uh, Justin, you you broke off. Uh, you there? It was like something. It was like something. Man, that cliffhanger! Like, whoa, <laughs> that's very meta. Uh oh, it it is. Well, did we lose him? I think what we happened? lost him. It, it's it says that he's I'm talking. Back. Oh, he's back. Oh, okay, back. there you go. Okay, go ahead, Justin. That was so meta. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Well played, sir. Anyway, well I was played. saying that. that that people had to wait so long for that second chapter from the original release on PSP, whereas mm-hmm. it, that's not going to happen with Cold Steel for episode two at least. So that's good. Yeah, XC said 2016, so I'm holding them to it, and they'll they'll hear from me if they don't deliver. <laughs> well, if that's the case, um, I don't know. I know this is supposed to be the year of the RPG. We may actually touch Cold Steel on Phoenix Down if Matt's up for it. Yeah, I was going to actually ask you if you wanted to talk after we get done recording about about what we should do and what tentative schedules and, and all that. Okay, we can do that then. 
consider it, guys. That game is fantastic, and uh, I, I can't it recommend it enough. PS3, and it's cross save, so I can just take it. It on is. One, two, I, and... I played. I, I play. I beat that game in a week, and that was only possible because I was able to do the cross save thing. <laughs> uh, uh, but okay, uh, getting right into it. Um, Starcraft Two: Legacy of the Void. Uh, you guys no, might not know, but uh, I am Korean. So if I don't put this <laughs> game on my list, they actually holy shit, you are. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they send soldiers to my <laughs> to my house, and they gotta they they, they make it so that I'm now Japanese or something, or Bye. I'm Chinese. Okay. <laughs> Why are you afraid of Koreans, Justin? You scare me because you kick my ass so hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. Koreans are crazy in StarCraft, but regardless, um, yeah. It, besides the fact that I'm Korean, which I guess it's like kind of you know you know same like oh I like I like kimchi or something, but regardless, um, it's a really good game. It's it's a game. It's a finale, guys. StarCraft Two is over. It's, it's StarCraft series. It started out 15 years ago, but the story ended this year. It's over. It's finished. It's so crazy to me. You don't think there's going to be a StarCraft Three? Uh, there might be, but this story that they've been telling from StarCraft One and on. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with the other episodes, it's over. It's oh. done. It's they put a, like a endpoint on it. There's like a finality to it, which is fantastic. I think the single player uh, campaign and presentation is amazing. They should just even if you're not interested in StarCraft Two, just just watch watch the videos they put up of just the cinematics, the in-game cinematics that they've been, they've been crafting for this game, and that looks better than most movies that I've watched recently. Blizzard knows how to make CGI movies. Yeah, they do, true. and oh god, the the action, the the acting, um, and like major characters die. Uh, some some people are like you know become something completely different than what you imagine, and it's batshit crazy. Uh, the multiplayer, obviously, it's 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 StarCraft. Uh, it's got custom games. You could they they make MMO games out of StarCraft Two custom game, and all sorts of other things. It's like endless value for what you get. So yeah, Legacy of the Void. It's a, Finale to a story 15 years in the making. It's fantastic. Uh, if you've been following the storyline, and if, even if you haven't, just YouTube it. It's good. Um, yeah, I, I love StarCraft so much. The first game and when they first released StarCraft Two, absolutely adored it. But I'm so terrible at playing online that mm-hmm. it almost turned me off from the series. I, and I love StarCraft. Matt, I, I still don't, haven't played. Bother. Don't even bother with the multiplayer. The single player is well worth the admission cost. I know. I mean, I've played through StarCraft 1 and the expansion multiple times. Uh, I, I, I actually feel bad that I never picked up. I still haven't picked up Part 2 or 3 of StarCraft 2. Yeah, you got you got to do it, man. That story, you it deserves to be told. You got to watch it. It's good stuff. Uh, and the single player campaign, you know, you... People are crazy online with that game. The things that they do, uh, the build order, and how fast they get things done. You watch like a professional StarCraft player play, and it's like he's not human. It's like a computer or something. Yeah, I yeah. shit my yeah. pants. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, and you don't have to play that. You don't have to play like that. There's there's tons of people just like you and me where you know they just kind of like to play casually. And also, you don't have to delve into the multiplayer. Just the single player campaign took me well over 10, 15 hours to beat. With all the little things that you could do with the side objectives and everything, so definitely still worth it, even if you just want to play the single player campaign. Yeah, yeah. well, I am in the process of upgrading my PC, so maybe that'll be one of there my first go. set of purchases. I've, I've never played StarCraft, but I have to give it to them. I really like the characters in it. 
Yeah. I, I love Rainer. It's just like, you know, space cowboy kind of guy. Yeah, it's literally just space cowboy. Yeah. Good. <laughs> to a T. Good character. Yeah, he's great. So I have two left. Um, one I'll be short about, uh, Bloodborne. Um, I guess it didn't resonate uh, with you guys as much as it did me. Uh, I'm I'm a huge Souls guy. I've been playing since Demon Souls, uh, and I really enjoy the series. But at the same time, when they when they released Dark Souls two, I thought, man, are they are they screwing this thing up? I was thinking maybe they're really screwing up the formula and trying to get milk as much money as possible by trying to make it like an annual series. And Bloodborne is the is the game that I got that answered my question, and they're not. It's it's it has the it has the same soul, pun very intended yep. by the way, uh, <laughs> but in a different body, and yeah. that makes so much difference. You get yeah. tired of just holding your shield up and inching slowly into the darkness, waiting for something to like uh, try to kill you or something. But in this game, it dares you. It dares you to attack. It dares you to go into the unknown without knowing what's going to happen. And it does it in such a fantastic way with the atmosphere just, just teeming with nightmares. Uh, mm-hmm. And, oh man, like some of the boss fights and uh, toppling of uh, some of the guys that took me maybe four or five tries to beat are some of the best moments of this year. And the DLC, uh, the old hunters, are also fantastic. Wait, are so, you calling four or five tries a lot or a few? Uh that's a lot for me. I usually beat things pretty quickly. <laughs> Jay, you are four or five tries. Yeah, four or five tries. I haven't even basically started. Like I'm just feeling that oh. boss out after five or ten deaths. See, I, I, I'm, I'm with you, Jay. I, I, I actually, I really love Bloodborne. It wasn't on my like ten list, but um, very memorable for me. And I mean, I lost sleep over that game. I beat that game in a week. Um, and I don't hardly do that with like any RPG, like with my time schedule. Um. The DLC rubbed me the wrong way, if you read my yeah. review. But, uh, and it's because I, it's because I could only get so far in it with having to just restart my entire game because that's the one thing I just didn't like about the DLC is that it, you, you have to go, you know, you have to get an item and you have to go to a specific spot and then go. But I, the game does this automatic save once you beat the game and it starts a new game plus, which is harder. Yeah. Uh, and it Watch. makes the DLC harder. Mm-hmm. And so in order for me to play the DLC at the normal level, I'd have to start a whole new game over because they didn't give me the option to keep my old save. And that just really pissed me off. So I made it a decent, a decent way into the DLC, but I just, I, I just gave me too much frustration on how they, how they required that and that, and that rubbed me wrong way. I will get to it one day though, because I will say, uh, for people that like the Cthulhu mythos and stuff, that game oh, it. hits it on the fucking nail and you did, and you didn't even expect it. Mm-hmm. That, that that shit's in there, and you're like, I thought this was just like about werewolves or something. That's no. what I thought. <laughs> no. I haven't even made it to that part yet, and then people no. start talking about Cthulhu. I'm like, where the fuck do you get Cthulhu? I thought it was oh, just werewolves dude. and shit. One of these, one of the front near-end bosses is this just, like, mash of human bodies, and it's just gross-looking, but it's awesome. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> like, I remember the first time I got enough insight... And then I walk out of the place where I've been walking back and forth like a million times. And then I see a shadow, and I was like, what, what the fuck is this? And I turn my camera up, and there's a giant Cthulhu monster on the side yeah. of the building that's been there the whole time I never saw. Yeah, because like, you didn't have your insight <laughs> high enough. Yeah, Exactly. 
That shit it's is cool. awesome. That's yeah. fucking crazy, man. It is. it is. Now that I think about it, because that, that's the thing. is like Insight is like part of the game itself. Yes, it is. And I was like, you can't even go to like certain bosses until you have enough Insight. And, I, and when I heard that, yeah, there's shit all over this fucking world that you don't even see unless you have enough of this currency. And I was like, what? And I started looking up videos. I didn't make, I didn't make it far enough into the game to even experience this stuff. But just watching that, I was like, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. It, it's nuts. And, the, and like the little alien dudes and the thing you find in the cathedral. Oh, it's all just fucking, yeah, it's creepy. <laughs> yeah. I love it, man. There's not enough game goes into the like Cthulhu kind of mythos kind of nope. thing. It's like, oh, yeah. it's so good. The gothic horror. Oh, man, mm. I love it. I can't. I can't wait to see what they'll do. I mean, now that I've had this break uh, between the Dark Souls games and uh, you know this Bloodborne, like I don't mind going back to Dark Souls three. But if they went Dark Souls two and directly into Dark Souls three, I would have been really worried for this franchise as a whole. So I'm I'm glad they took this break from the the, the establishment that they made with the Soul series, and uh, it was it was refreshing. There's no other game like it uh, on the market, and Dark Souls three hopefully will be just as good, if not better. And uh, the last game I'll mention, and, uh, you know, kind of sucks because I don't like being that guy. Because it feels <laughs> like there's always that one guy that mentions this game and everyone's like, oh, it's one of those, it's one of those indie guys. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah, let me just turn my nose up at him. Like, hey. <laughs> that's, that's not true. I know exactly which game you're talking about. I know, I know you and do. It, it may very well be on my list if I would have played it this year. Yeah. Uh, well, let me try to sell you on it a little bit more. And the game, of course, is Undertale uh, for, for this year. And I reviewed this game um, around the time where no one else had. When I was done with the game and I wrote my review, there was no other review on Metacritic. Yeah, I know. I didn't even know what the fuck this game was, but you gave it a exactly. spin. And I was like, what the hell is this game? Uh, it's play the, it still. You should. It's the first game that I've given a 10 to in my... What is it like two and some change of uh, re- writing reviews for ZTGD? Yeah, and the reason behind that is because I always say that games can be more, games can do more. As a medium, as an entertainment medium, we haven't gone far enough with what we can do. This interactive medium, I think, like yeah. I, I love gaming. You know, I think it, it just wrecks the shit out of books and movies okay it's not even it's not even a contest and in that regard i i feel like it has this potential but people aren't tapping into what it could be and undertale is a game that understands that concept of what it means to be an interactive entertainment medium and what it does is that it betrays your expectations every single step of the way it knows what you have played in the past or what kind of things that you've seen and done and it plays onto those expectations superbly and you know that whole thing with Metal Gear Solid uh, we were all blown away when uh, Psycho Mantis was like ah you like playing Castlevania don't you mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing and you have to plug the controller into the second port and beat the guy which I didn't know and didn't do. And I beat him with a Nikita missile for a really long time. <laughs> it took me forever. But I finally did it without doing the second control. Which is supposed to be impossible, by the way, but I did it. But uh, besides the point, th- those kind of moments are amazing. Terrific. But how many games have those moments? Almost none of them. They don't do yeah. it. They don't break think, this wall. I think that one and Eternal Darkness are the two I can think of. Yeah, yeah exactly. And how, f- how, how long was Eternal Darkness? It was like... 
was it 2003 or something? Yeah, 2004? a long time ago. It was a long, long time ago. And they don't tap into this potential enough. And Undertale is the game that does it best. It is the game that be- does it better than Metal Gear Solid, does better than Eternal Darkness. Everything you do in that game is remembered. You saved, you reloaded, it remembers. You kill someone, you went back to a save, it remembers. It never forgets. And it will make sure that you know what you did isn't forgotten. And this is not just within the uh, contents of the actual game itself. It goes kind of beyond with the characters speaking directly to the person at the helm, uh, the player itself, instead of the character. And it does all these crazy things. And at the same time, it's got a really heartwarming story. It's it's got some really interesting twists and turns. It's got one of the most disturbing boss fights I've ever had in my lifetime. Uh, and also, it's got a fantastic soundtrack. And, um, you know, it's just one of those games that just kind of came out of nowhere. Like, literally, people were people on Twitter said, like, oh, Jay, you should check this game out, check this game out. And that's, that's the only thing I ever heard. But now, the expectations are set so high. So you guys will never be able to play the game that I played. Yeah. And I feel bad. And I'm I'm a part of the problem because I'm hyping the game up too. But at the same time that's that's how I felt after playing the game. So I can only be honest about it, but it just it just sucks, man. The the fandom for Undertale just goes way too far. I think they go crazy. What what like I think the last time I checked my review of Undertale it had like like 160 user reviews on top of it. Yeah. Like people clicking in and all that stuff and trying to make their score even higher and all that jazz. The fandom for that is just fanatical. And it's, it almost ruins the game to some degree, which is a shame it, because the game It's kind of like Souls games. A lot of fanatics on that. It ruins it for people. But yeah. you have sold me on Undertale again because yeah. I was getting to that point. But I didn't hear <laughs> the things that you were mentioning about the – the whole like it remembers if you died and loaded and this that and I'm like oh that's fucking cool like nobody yeah. sold it to me like do you remember that Metal Gear part yeah this is this game the whole game better no you just sold it to me <laughs> gonna get it yeah it's and you know obviously was it like ten bucks or something yeah this is cheap <laughs> yeah this is a cheap game and the thing is you watch this you see this game you load this game up and it looks like something that someone made on an RPG maker like 2001 okay the visuals are not spectacular but. Because the visuals are not that good in the beginning, it actually shifts its tone and makes it so that it does go kind of all out to some degrees. It betrays expectations in that way, too. That's just another setup among just like layers upon layers of setup to betray your expectations. So (laughs) it's just, yeah. You know what I like about there's three reviews posted on like the quoted reviews section Mm -hmm. on Steam for it. I love it because, okay, so for uh, here's one. The puzzles aren't particularly impressive. 10 out of 10, Destructoid. I have a couple of issues with the user interface. 10 out of 10, PC Invasion. (laughs) If there's a criticism to be had, it's that sometimes Toby Fox doesn't know where to let a joke go. 10 out of 10 in the Jim (laughs) Quisition. Yeah, I mean, you know, the 10 out of 10 idea as a... People know it's 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 not it's not perfect in the way that yeah. the world perfect is used. But yeah, yeah, I know I do what you mean. I st- I think I I said the game is as perfect as it's gonna be in this imperfect world, and that's what I feel. If the game looked better, the game wouldn't be better. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's just if the game was longer, it wouldn't be better. It's, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's it's perfect for what it tried to do and accomplishes it flawlessly. You didn't need amazing graphics to make an amazing game. It's just that's how it's always been, I think, for me. So yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and yeah, that's 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 Undertale. This, if there's one game to take away or that I took away from this particular is that like indie games, like I liked some indie games. Uh, like what was that? What was that fish game? The um, that big indie game that came out in Xbox Live. Uh, the uh, Phil Fish game. Um, the Fez. No, not not that one. The other one. Was it? Is that Phil Fish? Phil Fish made Fez. Yeah. Okay, never mind that guy. I'm talking about the other guy, the Jonathan, guy that's making the witness. Jonathan Below. Oh, Braid. Braid. Oh, Braid. Yeah, I like games like Braid and stuff like that. And I, there's a lot of other indie games that I've liked in the past, um, like Velocity 2X and all that jazz. But this is the game that really resonated with me and showed that what I've been talking about about the potential of what gaming has to offer as a medium uh, isn't just isn't just fantasy. It's something that people, other people, understand as well. And this this is a game that has it's going to be inspiring a lot of other games to come in the future. So just just look out for that. Um, yeah, but that's my top ten. I got uh, two honorable mentions to go, and I'll be done. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X gets an honorable mention for me. Mm. What you guys didn't have to face that I had to deal with when I was reviewing this game. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> is that you guys have an option. To look things up when they don't tell you what to do or things that you yeah, need to be done. Yeah, I would yeah. not survive this game if I, would, if I couldn't. I did not have that luxury. Oh, my God. I crawled on the ground like a maggot looking for an <laughs> item, on a, like one rare item that spawns in one particular part of an entire continent for seven hours until I found one. And then I repeated the process for seven more hours, okay? So that's the kind of shit that I had to deal with. But at the same time, it was also the game that had the, the best moment of gaming for me this year. When I finally got my scale and flying module and I took off to the sky for the first time, it was like I literally had wings on my back. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I felt like Superman taking off into the sky, going to places that I've always wanted to go. You know, this is things that like I had, I looked on from a distance and like, oh man, I wonder what's over there. But in this game, I got to finally do that, and that was just a satisfaction, just beyond words. Yeah. You guys will get there too, which is fantastic. You guys have something to look forward to. But uh, from someone that loves Xenoblade Chronicles, the original, this game is not 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 that game at all. Like not even close. Like you played, you reviewed and played Xenoblade uh, Chronicles one, uh, right, Justin? Yeah, and no, it's a totally di- you know Xenoblade Chronicles is a very story driven, yeah. character driven, um, and you know, and I get that this one's not like that at all. This one's like here's a premise, here's an idea, here's why we're on a planet, go explore. I mean, yeah, there's a story, it. but it's not as in your face. It's not as character driven. I mean, there's there's the side stuff to do and to see, but no, you're right. It's a, it's totally different. I mean, it obviously some people are gonna have a preference over one or the other. I mean, I, I kind of like both. I'm I mean, on mm-hmm. one end, I'm kind of I can understand why people are disappointed. It's not quite like you know the first one, but I also kind of like this version. I mean, it it if, it feels MMO ish, but there's like a core story and it makes sense why they're you're exploring because you're on a alien planet and you're you know far away from home and you're you're you know it makes sense in the context of things but i get why people were disappointed but i i like both of them i think they both complement each other very well <laughs> you got, yeah. I, I thought you were gonna start rapping again for a minute there. <laughs> yeah trapped yeah. on a distant planet <laughs> do, do, do. 
There's a song that plays uh, when you when you fly as well, so add that to the repertoire. Oh, wonderful! Yeah. That uh, I have the whole. I actually ordered the Forda soundtrack like physically. Oh, dude, the soundtrack's it. awesome. It's, yeah. it's so amazing, amazing, but it's awesome. It's yep. so bad, but so yeah. good. Yep. Oh, jeez. And uh, my honorable mention, and this is kind of a cheat because it actually didn't come out this year, but I played the the beta and I like it so much. Overwatch. Overwatch. Nice. Guys, if there's one game, like one multiplayer game that you want to look out for, that's that's Overwatch. This is this is I think this is the game that like reinvigorates my love for multiplayer competitive games. Mm. Because I'm the guy that played Counter Strike like one point zero six. I'm like OG when it comes to multiplayer games uh, from back in the day. And then I, I bounced back from Call of Duty, I played a bit of Battlefield, I Try like Stalwart Battlefront, all the new things that pop up, and none of them interest me. I feel like another grunt on the battlefield in Star Wars. You know, the the aiming is you you shoot like a stormtrooper. It's not it's not satisfying. And all the other Call of Duty is like, oh, you get you get parkour, but it's Call of Duty. You know, and then it's not it's not all that interesting. But when I play Overwatch, every single thing that I did felt impactful. All the characters and classes that was available for me to play, and which will be available for every, anyone to play that picks up the game. It's not going to be a free-to-play game, which is a huge selling point for me. Uh, you can change your heroes uh, anytime you want, anytime you're dead or even you know even alive. You can change your hero and then go for a completely different style of play. Change your strategy on on the fly with your teammates. And I would play one hero and say, "Wow, this hero is amazing. I'm going to be playing this hero forever." And then I, I pick a next hero out of random and say, wow, this hero is amazing. I'm going to play this hero forever. And then I pick the next one and next one. I keep saying the same thing. I will go through the whole roster except for like two heroes and then think all the characters are fun and amazing to play. And this game is not even done yet, which is yeah. crazy. When it comes out this year, this is, this is one that I think everyone should look out for. Definitely. Cool. And uh, most disappointing... Metal Gear Solid Five, and uh, okay, go on. What, what's your list? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else needs to be said. Well, uh, it's unfortunate, um, but you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, there, there's one other thing I do want to mention. I, I played it today. It's mm-hmm. just, uh, it came out today because I had heard a couple of people talking about it. I want to give it a shot. Um, Galaxy. Anybody played that? Is it like a? To the shooter sprite thingy? It is kind of. It's like a roguelike space shooter. I've seen it, but have not played it. The, the one the, the the reason why I picked it up is because of the presentation. It looks like a 1980s or early 90s anime. Um, like with characters talking to each other and stuff like that. It looks like something like you'd watch, like you picked up like back in the day off of like AnimeNation.com buy it on like VHS or some bullshit like that. And they play into that so much that when you pause the game, it looks like you paused the fucking VHS tape. <laughs> and like okay. when you go to, Oh click, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Now. And when you yeah. go to, yeah, when you go to quit the game, it goes to like a blue screen. Like whenever you turn off the video to something, it's like the presentation alone is actually kind of cool. Uh, I need to put more time into it, but I just wanted to mention that as like, eh, that's kind of a cool game that came out this year that I, I didn't even think about until some people started talking about it. Okay, cool. But Matt, up to you, man. Yeah, I mean, mine will be fairly quick because essentially we've already talked about most of these games. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But but I have two sort of caveats to this. Um, one is that on my list I have two ties. Okay. And the second thing is with my current life status, I can't really have a top ten normally. So I have ten games, but it's sort of a top five of the year and a top five games I didn't get to play that I still want to. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Um, and it's kind of sad looking at the two lists – it's almost like you can't tell which one is the the top games of the year and which one is the games you missed. <laughs> yeah, because uh, the the games I didn't play are just as good as the games I did play. I would assume. Um, but I'll start with the top five that I didn't get to play, and I don't know how much to say about them because I didn't play them. Yeah. But uh, five is a tie because I don't have a Wii U, so I didn't get to play Mario Maker or Xenoblade Chronicles X. Okay. And I would love to play both of those games. Uh, I don't. I don't really want a Wii U because I tend to buy every Nintendo console about five, a couple years after it's dead, and I never use it that much. Mm-hmm. But I, I would, I'd almost buy a Wii U if there wasn't so much talk about the NX. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right yeah. now it doesn't seem like it makes sense for me to buy it when I could just wait a year or a year and a half or whatever it is. But we don't know what the NX is, though. Like, even if it's going to play Wii U games or what it is, even. I don't don't know. Well, I can tell you this, Matt, as far as a Wii U goes. If you can find one cheap, even after the NX comes out, there's still some solid games on that system. Yeah. Xenoblade is one of them. Um, uh, People don't give it enough credit. Super Mario 3D Land? Is or Super Mario 3D World is fucking oh. amazing. It's very good. That is a fantastic. Game. I put 20 hours in that game. Bayonetta 2. Oh yeah, amazing. Oh, one of the best action games ever made. And uh, See, what else? I'm really enjoying my 3DS. You know, I just picked that up in 2015. Yeah. I've been playing that, having a good time. But I also picked up a Wii U, I think, in 20 or a Wii in 2014. Mm-hmm. And on all the games, I think I probably own four games or so for the Wii, I put maybe a total of three or four hours. Well, if so, you get I the mean, Wii U, I, you can put away the Wii at least, since it's backwards compatible. That's true. Yeah. And there's a lot of hidden gems on Wii. You might have to look for them. They're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, um, and, and, I highly suggest No More Heroes 1 and 2. Yep, I got both those great games. Yeah, and I mean, it, but that's the thing is that with the amount of time I have, I can't play every PS4 game, every Xbox yeah. game, every PC yeah, game, true. every 3DS game, and every Wii game. So eventually something gets cut in the one where I don't have connected friends on there. I'm not doing any trophy hunting. I don't have Steam profiles. Like it, it just it always is at the bottom of the list. You 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 mirror my my thoughts in that, but I will say uh, sometimes it is nice for me to play the 3DS or my Wii U and not worry about. Is my friend going to hit me up to chat? Do I have to worry about achievements? It's actually kind of a very liberating feeling because (laughs) it's like disconnecting from Twitter or Facebook. Like you're just there to play the games. You're not there to do anything else. So I get what you're saying because that's my problem. I have a million and one games I could play and I don't know what to fucking play. Yeah. But (laughs) yeah. It's it's actually – it, like I, I that, that's a perfect analogy right there because playing Xenoblade Chronicles, it feels like I am isolated just playing this game. You know what I mean? And and that's like that's a good feeling. It's almost it, it almost feels like you know when I sat down and played Final Fantasy VII for the first time, 
I was experiencing this by myself, you know, sitting in my room, you know, in a dark ass room with just like the, the light from the television blaring on me. And it's the same way with sitting there with my Wii U. I got that gamepad in my face looking at the map and stuff. It's great. I mean, it's, it, it is. It's a different way to play those games. And it's I, I, I enjoy the crap out of it. I mean, the Wii U, I, I'm surprised. I didn't think I was going to get much play out of it. I got it for cheap. But, you know, I own, uh, you know, Xenoblade, uh, Hyrule Warriors, another fun game to play, uh, Mario Kart, Super Mario 3D World. I mean... Those those four games right there, I think, are worth the price of admission for me. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, he, maybe at some point, I, you know, I just it, it's a matter of time. I mean, I could I could pick it up tomorrow, but would would I even be able to touch it for six months? I have no idea. Yeah, it's, it's all about priorities and what you prioritize. So I yeah, get I get you. Yeah. Um, my number four on games I didn't get to play was Soma. Uh, I mean, I really liked Amnesia. Uh, maybe Soma's a good Halloween game. Uh, I, I would love to play it. I, I yeah, loved everything I read about it. It's not even that long it. either. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'd love to. Uh, three is Rise of the Tomb Raider. I I love the old Tomb Raiders. I enjoyed the new Tomb Raider, even though it was pretty easy. Uh, and this Tomb Raider, I was essentially on the fence. You know, if it... If they say it's a great game, I will play it. If you know, if they turn, if it looks like it's just a retread, I, I'm not really going to waste my time. But the reviews all seem to be pretty positive, so I would, I would like to play that at some point. Yeah, I'm probably going to play that next year sometime. I just there was so many things coming out, and I just I had to review yep. Fallout at the same time, and I was like, I don't have time for Tomb Raider. You know, I, I have to put it this way: I'm not big into the character action games like that anymore. Like, or I, I let me put that back. I'm not into the character shooters, like the action adventure, block, big blockbuster movies things. I, I like Uncharted. I could not care less about Uncharted. I just like I've played all those games. I before. accept it, Drew, but it hurts. I know. <laughs> but if but the but the one series that I can't get into would be Tomb Raider because I, I think that they do enough stuff that's fresh. You know, it does have a little bit of RPG elements in it. Yeah, it does. And stuff like that. And I just like, yeah, you know, I enjoyed my time with Tomb Raider, the definitive edition. You know, it mm-hmm. was it was fun. And so, yeah, Rise of the Tomb Raider is probably going to be a purchase sometime next year for me. Yeah, definitely for me. All, all, I mean, probably, well, maybe not the Wii U games, but the other four games on this list are all games I plan to purchase in 2016. Right. Uh, number two being Halo 5. Uh, I... Much like some of these other online games, I don't know that I even want to play it much online. I may. I've enjoyed Halo Online, but you know, I, I just like the universe enough to want to jump back in it for ten hours. Yeah, it was it was a decent little romp with friends. Yeah. Um, I I don't own that game anymore though. I did not. After I beat the game, I had no reason to go back to it, and that multiplayer was no. I didn't. Mm. There, there was just too many people that put way too much time into Halo. To play yeah. against. I play Halo for like you said the universe. So I just wanted to get through the story, and I en- I, en- I enjoyed it. There's nothing quite like it, uh, that setting and that that franchise. But it's funny, it didn't make my top ten, but it didn't make like I'm not disappointed with it. It was just kind of like it's more Halo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and number one being Witcher three, which uh, yeah. I oh, yeah. cannot wait to play Witcher three. Yeah. It's the number one game I feel like I missed this year. Uh, maybe if I was faster at other games, we could have gotten through two. And the initial plan was 
The initial plan was to hit Witcher 3 before the end of the year, but... As Geralt would say, that's a no-no. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it, that's fine you know i mean like i told you and like i said we're not going to be doing the witcher 3 for phoenix down because that is too big of a game to even try but yeah, i did sort of like do, metal gear yeah i i i didn't realize metal gear was going to be that did, way did you guys start on witcher 2 no we haven't started yet oh, okay soon yeah we're gonna that's the next game we're doing in fact okay. maybe next week i don't know yeah, I think it only took me like twenty five hours to get through Witcher Two. Like maybe really? thirty, if yeah, maybe uh, thirty, maybe thirty. I mean, I didn't do a ton of side stuff because I was oh, yeah. wanting to get to three, but oh, three's gotcha. con steamrolls the shit out of all that. So, <laughs> like, yeah, I can't wait. I mean, a, a lot of people say you know one is not that good, but two's better. Two's okay, but three's the one that you're really looking forward to. So, uh, you know, we went through Witcher One. I, I can't wait to play Witcher 2, but I, I can't even tell if I want to play Witcher 2 or if I want to play Witcher 2 to get to Witcher 3 more. I don't know which of those two st- you know, weighs more in my mind, but yeah. I, I do want to play 2 and I do want to get to 3. Yeah. Well, if I can give you any uh, any sort of like uh, you know good feelings or vibes with that, I had – as I was telling Drew before we started, I had Witcher 2 since it came out on Xbox 360 and I tried to play it like two times and I just didn't get into it. So when I saw the stuff for 3 and 3 was about to come out, I forced myself, like, I'm going to play and finish Witcher 2. And I was worried, though, would I have burnout? I did not have any burnout. Mm. (laughs) I played Witcher 3, like, no problem. I'm really excited to play Witcher 2, especially after that cliffhanger at the end of Witcher 1. Yep. So. Yeah, so those are the games I missed. Uh, As for my top games, there's actually not as many or not as big a game on average. Uh, my five, can I just give it to Telltale? Because I, I liked what I played of Tales from the Borderlands. I didn't get that far into it. I only I only played the first chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also played through all of Game of Thrones, and I enjoyed that. Okay. Uh, I don't know that it would ever end up being my favorite Telltale game, but it did, for me, have the best moments of the year of me having to set my controller down and say, Shit, I don't know what to do. It's it's shitty decision A versus shittier decision B. Yeah, but, and, and I don't baby. know which one's gonna screw me more. Now, now, yeah. Let me ask you: This is a totally. I mean, it's not off topic, but it kind of is. I'm I'm watching that franchise for the first time. Me and my wife are, and we're we just got to season three. Uh, when is it safe to play the game? Because we got the game for Christmas. Uh, it it, it centers around a different family. There are there are some character interactions. So, well, well there's that one big thing that happens within the storyline, Matt. Remember, one big big thing that I'm not sure if that happens in season three or four. It happens in one of the seasons. Uh, so basically, it, play it after like season three or four. It it yeah. involves yeah four to be safe. Four to okay. be safe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to say anything, obviously, to you. So yeah, watch four and then play it. I th- I've I've never seen. I mean, I've watched the first season and part of the second season of Game of Thrones, but I have a feeling I know what sequence you're talking about because people did a lot of reaction videos online and shit of that. Probably there's a lot of a lot of crazy shit that happens in Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've read all the Game of Thrones books and I've seen all you know all the seasons, and while. And I, th- I thought this game fits in interestingly because it's a different family. 
and even if it's not even if the characters might not quite be as memorable as the main ones it's hard to say that because the main ones have been built up for so many years so many hundreds of thousands of words you know those are not short books and you know for the amount of attachment i had for these characters in such a short time i thought it was done well and it does keep with that same tone where you know you don't you have this sense of foreboding like things are going to turn out bad for these characters and how do you how do you mitigate the damage with the choices that you make hmm. okay so yeah i mean I enjoy Tales of the Borderlands and Game of Thrones. I don't really know which one I like more, and I can't really say that because I haven't finished Tales from the Borderlands. But collectively, I'll just give spot five to Telltale. Okay. Because uh, I, I continually enjoy their games. Uh, number four was Until Dawn. I mean, I'm with you guys on everything you said. Uh, I, I love the campy horror. I watch a lot of – I mean, we we had an entire movie night dedicated to bad movies. and. <laughs> Maybe unsurprisingly, most of them turned out to be bad horror movies. <laughs> uh, I, I love I love campy B movies. Uh, the Room is one of my favorite movies. But <laughs> as far as as games doing the the B movie thing, well, th- this is just great. It's fun. It's smooth. And uh, you know, I just had a lot of fun with it. Uh, my number three game for the year was. Everybody's gone to the rapture. Oh wow! Oh, interesting. I, We're opposites. <laughs> I did not expect much out of that, but I freaking adored. I played that entire game in one sitting. I only meant to start it to check it out, and I just, I just couldn't get out of that chair. I loved everything I was seeing, hearing, thinking about. Some of it might have to do with the fact that it's got that rural England vibe and I was just over in England recently and you know I kept pointing at the signs and like oh, kind of chuckling to myself <laughs> you know and, and a lot of stupid little things like you know instead of leasing a building you let a building you know and there's a building in there that has a to let sign on there and I was just like oh that's right that's what they say <laughs> uh, but all that I mean just it, it's just so gorgeous and the music Sets that mood so well for walking around. Yeah, the music was great. And while the story is a bit fragmented because there's no real order to it, I just adored getting to know these characters more and more throughout. And something about the characterization just felt so real to me. Like as much as I like Until Dawn, nothing about that game felt real. Like it's clearly meant to mimic a movie and – not a movie where people are making rational decisions that would people like you and I and normal people would encounter in their lives, but something about just the way that everybody's life was so messy and everybody's gone to the rapture. Yeah, the drama. The drama of it, I, it yeah. in, the, in the way that it unfolded in these little vignettes, I just... It had really good voice acting. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. There was something about that game that... I just I couldn't step away from it. It was only five hours, but I sat there for five straight hours and and didn't get up. And given the amount of time I have to play lately, one five hour stretch is almost unheard of. That's, uh, that's nuts, actually. Yeah, even for my standards. <laughs> yeah, I, maybe if it had been a longer game, I wouldn't have been able to do that, but. 
knowing, you know, two and a half hours, I was like right in the thick of it. I'm like, shit, I'm already hitting the second half of this. I could just sit here and finish it. And uh, I, I don't know. It was just it was so atmospheric for for just being like a rural town. Well, I will say on the review I gave it, I, even though I didn't like it, um, the points, the things you mentioned, like the graphics, the atmosphere and all that, I really, I really, uh, you know, said like, yeah, this is great. I really like that. It was just the gameplay aspects of it that just, I think, bored me. Yeah. Different strokes. Oh, yeah, definitely. I guess sort of the opposite of my number two game, which was Bloodborne. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I, That's a game I wish I could put some more time into, but that. As much as everybody's gone to the rapture, you could just sort of walk through at your leisurely pace, and you can basically finish the game in, I don't know, a half an hour, 20 minutes, if you just walk to the end. Uh, Bloodborne, I can't walk anywhere without dying. (laughs) (laughs) And I have to walk everywhere over and over again, so thank God it doesn't move at the pace that everybody's gone to the rapture does. Yeah. Uh, But I I love Bloodborne. I I agree with what you said, Jay. it, it, It feels... So much like a Souls game, and so different from a Souls game at the same yep. time. That uh, you know, it, it it has that fresh feeling that, that just is very compelling. It's the evolution of the Souls series. Yeah, which which makes me, you know, you said you're ready to go back to Dark Souls three, but I'm really curious to see how the Dark Souls series evolves in light of Bloodborne. It's very true. This is gonna be even more interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, and my number one game was Metal Gear. I, if I had done a disappointment, it would also be the top of that list. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, ev- I agree with every single point that you guys said. I, it, it was the worst Metal Gear game, I would say, by far. But, I mean, going back to the amount of time that I really can dedicate, I put 60 hours, in, just about 60 hours into Metal Gear Solid Five. And again, for me, I haven't done that in years, and certainly not when twenty to thirty of them came in like a ten-day span. Yeah. Um, and 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 the thing is, with a game where I didn't like the Metal Gearness of it, and I was already putting in so many more hours than I would normally put into a game, I figured I wouldn't want to play more, and I do. I want to go through and get all the crazy equipment and and finish off all the the side ops and and all that i i I enjoy playing it and uh you know if you talk about like a difficulty bloodborne for me is is hard and it it gets frustrating everybody's gone to the rapture there there's no difficult there's nothing to be difficult in that game because all you do is walk metal gear solid 5 for me you know even if you just look at it in terms of how hard was this game versus how rewarding, how many times did you have to repeat things, that game was perfect in that aspect for me. A lot of missions I had to play multiple times, but there was no mission that I played more than ten times, say. Yeah. So it was like you play it I, – I, I played some of the harder missions a couple times and figured them out. And then I, I moved past it and I got to something else, whereas – Let's say on Bloodborne, I could get stuck and, you know, I might die 50 or 100 times on a boss. Um, which gets frustrating. But, yeah. you know, Metal Gear is – I don't know that I've ever had a game of the year that I've been more conflicted about. Yeah, that's – I I mean, I, I, I know I'm a lot I'm really down on Metal, Gear, on Metal Gear 5. And I think the reason why is because I'm going into it wanting a new Metal Gear. 
if they would have taken out the Metal Gear and Snake and all the other stuff like that, it would have been one of the best open world shooters I've ever played in my life. But they stamped Metal Gear on it, and I was just like, I I have an expectation. It did not meet that expectation whatsoever. But yeah. there's still a lot of great things about Metal Gear Solid Five. Mm-hmm. There's agree. there's a ton of great things about it. I mean, the, you know, just like the licensed tracks that you can do. You know, the the mm-hmm. small little things that you can do in that game, like the the crazy equipment. You know, like the rocket punch and and just ridiculous stuff. You know that Kojima adds in the small stuff that people wouldn't even think about doing. I mean, the the fact that you can go to a porta potty and and play somebody, play a tape of somebody taking a dump, and guards <laughs> guards won't look for you there. That's fucking nope. No other game would have ever thought to done that. That's insane. Mm-hmm. You know, it's well, maybe but, Undertale. No, maybe under. Yeah. Uh, now that you mention it, uh, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, there's 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 multiple things about Metal Gear Solid Five that make it a fantastic game. Um, but you know, but as the giant Metal Gear fan that I am, I went into it looking at it the wrong way, I guess. And you know, well, yeah, I don't know if it's the wrong way because it is Metal Gear Five. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, it, it, it's a tough game for me to love. But I, you know, and, and a lot of this comes from the fact that I, I think this is a true statement. I don't like open world games. Yeah, I, I really, especially the the zany ones. I just I don't like. I know I've said this many times before, but there's something about that that I just don't enjoy. Whereas this game. Despite the fact that I didn't necessarily love all of the amount of time that I had to spend running across empty wilderness and around cliffs, um, you know, just I don't know. It, it, it was just as far as an open world like, game goes. You don't like Skyrim walking on top of cliffs and mountains, man. Come on, you're like. <laughs> now the difference is you can you can quote unquote Skyrim the mountains in Skyrim. You can jump on over them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Metal Gear, you got to walk around them. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Like, or, it, it, if this game had been pitched differently, it, it, I think it could have been received differently. Like, it, you know, if somebody told me the thing you'll like about it is that you encounter these missions and it feels like, say, Far Cry Four, where you can just approach it however you want. Yeah. And and if that you know that was the thing that that I ended up enjoying the most out of it. Even though just the, the, the Metal Gearness wasn't there, yeah. So I I, I don't know. I, I did love it and I did hate it. Yeah. Abusive relationship, right? Yeah, right. Who does anybody still own the game? I forever own it because I had it digitally. Oh yes. Okay. I, I, I returned oh at the moment that was done. <laughs> I still got side ups to complete. Yet. I mean, don't forget it, to buy your insurance, Matt. Oh you gotta, yeah. Got to make sure, buddy. I don't want to lose those resources. Yeah, there's some design choices in that game I didn't like. But I, I'm on, I'm on board just to blame everything on Konami. We'll see what uh, Kojima <laughs> does from here. Yeah, uh, you know, we're we're giving him a pass in in this own way. Let's say if Kojima actually this day with Konami through all this, and this is the game that he released, then a lot of the blame would have just gone straight towards him, and deservingly so because it's it's his game. But with this whole breakup. 
we don't know how much of this is responsible because of yeah. what uh, yeah. uh, Kojima wanted to do. So I think his next game is going to be an indication of yeah. the, the blame responsible for what Who knows what this game could have been. Yeah. Well, that, that's the thing. Is like you, you can obviously tell from, from just even looking at the game, this is not really the game that Kojima wanted to make as far as the Metal Gear story goes because you can see when you hit Chapter 2 just how how rushed it feels right and the, and the mere fact that chapter three is completely left out of the game and you have to watch it on youtube it reminds that's, me of uh oh go ahead oh uh, but let me just play the devil's advocate for a second and say that but what if kojima was not handling this project well and things were just going way too over buzzed way becoming too bloated it, it was basically becoming the prequel star wars movies of Metal Gear Solid. Uh, if he had that much uh, creative control and he was kind of going out of control of what he wanted to do, then we would have had this whole mess. Like, this open-world nature of this game and the implementations of uh, the mechanics. Like, if I had to hear Pequod's voice one more time, I would freaking rip my ears <laughs> off. So, like, things <laughs> like that, how much was that his design and not, not because of the, the time that's required? So the only way we'll know is now he has the freedom to create the game that he wants, right? Yeah. He's, he's kind of on his own. He's has his own company now. So when he releases his next game, and it's kind of a mess, or it has a lot of these flaws that we see in Metal Gear Solid Five, then that'll be a good indication that this wasn't just because of the whole differences between Konami and Kojima. It's because Kojima had these plans, and he didn't think things out uh, properly enough. So I'm, I'm trying to be more realistic in this regard. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, the way Ko- Konami's been acting, you know, it's... Yeah, that, that, that's got to be a part of it because if this game was going along smoothly and everything mm-hmm. was on track and it wasn't costing too much money, there would have been no reason for the fallout that happened. Likely, yeah, I, I have a feeling, but you know, but in that same sense, you know, you said it. Well, if he if he would have went by a time schedule, the way Konami had set it up, it might have been a different game. At the same time, if Kojima had an extra year and a half to work on this game. It could have been a totally different game too. Oh, of course. So I mean, you know, it's one of those things where he said, she said, you know, we don't yeah. know, we, we'll, we'll never know. That's the thing. We'll, we will never know what actually happened. If that we do, it'd make a fucking interesting book. I know that. Oh, I would, I would read that. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch that documentary for sure. But it, it, it reminds me of uh, Xenogears, how the second disc you put in, and it's oh, like, yeah. It's just like a bunch of story. Yeah, it's just like, cutscenes. Yeah, it's <laughs> cutscenes in a battle. Yeah, cutscenes of both sides. It's like they ran out of time, and I feel like that's what happened with Metal Gear. For whatever reason, time was run out. They had to wrap it up, and that's how they did it. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's it was an interesting year to say the least. Oh, yeah. this was a amazing year for gaming, man, and also not just in the games that it was released. Like Shenmue, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Last Guardian oh, yeah. Still Alive, Near yeah. Automata. So shit like this, like I, I didn't expect to happen ever. And it happened in the same year. These are things we're going to see likely down the road. So that's, uh-huh. this year has been awesome. I, I, love, I love being a gamer in this, uh, in this generation. Fantastic. So Matt, yeah. or Matt are you, are you, is that all you had? Yeah, that's all I had. Okay. Um, don't, don't forget, we're going to see the, the they was it this year they announced the Kickstarter for Bloodstained. Oh was, yeah, is it twenty sixteen? 
Well, was, well, I mean, I meant like as in for last year, it, it got announced and created or kickstarted for the new Castlevania t- style of game. Right. Yeah, it was announced in 2015. It's coming out in yeah. 2017, I believe. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying that was another thing to add on to the yeah, like, yeah. things for announcements this year. Like, it's like, holy crap, like a lot of good stuff. Yeah. The um the thing the one other one last thing that I do kind of want to do just for fun I know we're running a little long here but um um what's your most anticipated game for this year? That's tough. Yeah, that is a tough because oh, some we don't know what are coming out. But um, hmm, if it's got to be something that's like confirmed coming out this year, yeah. Let me think here. Well, we already know nobody can say Final Fantasy VII or Sh- Shemu. Uh, Seven or Scalebound might right? be coming out this year. Yeah, Scalebound. Scalebound Wait, delayed. Uh, yeah, it is yeah. delayed to 2017. Not picking up an Xbox One till next year, probably. <laughs> um, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, you know me. I'm the I'm the JRPG guy. So I got I got my Bravely Second. I got my Persona Five. I got my Final Fantasy Fifteen. Yeah. So I, I got my JRPGs lined up, and you know Trails of the Cold Sealed, uh, you know two and all that stuff. But I don't know. I don't know what will be the most uh, anticipated for me. Maybe Mass Effect. Maybe Quantum Break. Really, Quantum Break. I, th- I, I, me personally, I, like I, I think, I think Quantum Break looks gr- amazing. Yeah, I'm a big Remedy fan. It looks fun. I mean, that's the thing. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, there's a lot of games I'm hyped for, especially the RPGs, cause I got a RPG soft spot, but mm-hmm. I'll, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the one that I'm most excited for to come out this year that looks the most, I think, just interesting and I didn't see it coming at all when they announced it. Horizon. Yeah. 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 Good one. Yep. Yeah. Horizon, Horizon does look. It really looks cool. great. It it looks ambitious. The setting looks unique. Combination of like old, new, and and yeah. So I'm really looking for. I mean, I'm looking forward to a lot of shit. Like you said, Mass Effect, yeah, yeah. Fantasy yeah. stuff that I'm I've known about. But Horizon really took me back because I was at um when they did the PlayStation uh, or the announcement or whatever for that. Um, I was in the theater experience for it, and I'm like that came on. And I was like, holy shit, what is this? You know, and then the theater's like, boom, boom, you know, and the, the bass and everything. And I was like, and I just I remember tapping my wife. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, I, I'm, nice. I'm looking forward to that. I think um, the two that I'm looking forward to the most is Street Fighter V and Persona yep. 5. Yeah. Nice. Both of those are on there. Yeah, both. I mean, I'm the biggest Street Fighter fan, I think, on this podcast right now. and Kind of whoop your ass. Yeah, you go, bring, I'm bring gonna it. lose repeatedly, yeah. but I'll be there. I like that's the thing is like I played the beta like multiple times. I I don't know a character. You know you know what's good though. I know you're not gonna get Street Fighter Five on Xbox One, so that's good. Yeah. So we'll actually have the same platform this time. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta get a fight pad though, because yeah, me too. It's yeah, full man. Um, but yes, yeah, Street Fighter Five. I mean, I, I I cannot fucking wait to get my hands on that game. Um, and the, and the biggest thing, and I think me and Ken were talking about it is that I want to see how they're going to handle this DLC stuff. Yeah. I want to so, see, yeah. uh, you, you can earn all the DLC characters through just playing the game. I want to see how true that really is. Yeah. I know. Right. Cause I have a feeling, I have a feeling I'm going to be playing this game a shit ton and I'll have make enough fight money to afford one guy. 
there's there's also a couple games that like I'm excited for, and they're part of franchises or existing franchises. But I'm like, how will they turn out? But I'm looking forward to playing them. Like Doom, I'm looking forward to seeing how that turns out. The Gears of War Four, yeah. curious to see how yep. that turns out. So Homefront, Deus Ex, Deus Ex, yeah, yeah. Deus Ex man, I can't. if that Homefront, comes out, Deus Ex. I think yeah. Deus Ex will hit this year. Yeah, they delayed um, that game pretty hardcore. Yeah, man. Oh. they did. Um, and then I saved the biggest indie game I'm waiting for. There's two of them: Cuphead on the Xbox One. Oh, that looks fantastic. Yeah, and Firewatch. I'm really looking forward to those two. What's Firewatch? Uh, it's basically like the story-driven game of the guy that's a park ranger, yeah. and he's like he's like you know going doing park ranging duties and you know kids being mischievous and all. That, but he's talking to this his radio, which is another park ranger, or female, and she's kind of giving him updates and and he's new to the job and all. That. So the they haven't shown much on it because it's very story-driven. But the last thing they really showed was that he goes up to his watchtower. And it's all destroyed. Like somebody ransacked it. And he's like, somebody's been up here and I don't know what's going on. And then she, and then he's like, uh, so you're in your watchtower? She's like, no, I'm not there. He's like, well, your light's on because he can see the other watchtower. So it's like got this air of mystery to it. And it's, Ooh, again, it's just, it's a story driven, you know, as they call it walking simulator, but the colors, it's cell shaded. It looks really neat. Uh, mm-hmm. it just looks like a cool game. And then the last one I'll announce to say is the witness. I mean, but that's kind of a given. It's the braid mm-hmm. creator. Um, but I'm yeah. I, I, I we were talking about this early in an email. I just hope it's not like 80 hours because that's just too long <laughs> for a puzzle game. Oh. But it looks cool. Last yeah. Guardian, you guys. That's coming out this year. That's crazy. Yeah. That is maybe. crazy. Yeah, you're right. That's a big yeah maybe. maybe. But holy shit, we've, we've been people have been talking about this game for like seven years now. <laughs> yeah, my heartstrings have been pulled enough times. I'm not yeah. buying it till can buy it <laughs> do you know how long they've been talking about you can buy it yeah that's you know how long they've been talking about final fantasy 15 too yeah yeah i mean that was announced or what was same, it called what was it called versus 13 yes versus it was announced 13. the same day as 13 was yeah but I, I played a demo of that so i know that actually exists it, it does exist yeah yeah i'm i'm and i don't know i actually yeah, i don't know about that shadow colossus came out in 2005 it's been fucking 10 years Yep. Since that la- that team last made a game, and who knows what fucking they've been doing this whole time, or that they're still alive. But oh, I hope it comes out, and I hope it's amazing. It, it, it's a game, and if it changes your life forever in a meaningful way, it still won't live up to the hype. That's so it's, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's got a lot of work to do. One so, of the yeah. biggest question marks for me is No Man's Sky. Oh, yeah. Is that going to be fun, or is that just going to be interesting? I think yeah. it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I, have I think it'll fe- be technically interesting, too. I have a feeling, and this is just me, I don't know, nobody really knows what the fuck that game is. Um, I have a feeling that game is going to be Space Minecraft. Yeah, I really hope not. I really hope not either, but I have a feeling. From from the hints that he kept talking about was like, you're going to have to get resources in order to, you know, make your ship better so it can reach farther places and stuff. I'm like, this sounds like... I'm going to start on a planet and I've got to make shit and I don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't we'll like see. Minecraft. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I it either. depends how much of a part of the game that is. I have a feeling it's going to be a lot of part of the game. It could be anything though. I feel like I don't know anything about that game other than a video. We, nobody does. It's the same. All I know is there's the a guy tech, that... It's the same tech demo every time. Yeah. All I yeah. know is the guy that stands up there and smiles abashedly and he's like, yeah, here's my game. Check it out. Bye. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. So, yeah, No Man's Sky, it looks incredible. It looks ambitious as hell. 
if they pull that off, that may be an amazing game. Yeah, seems like a big if for a, yeah. such a small company. It is. But we'll find out. 2016 looks to be as promising as 2015 was. And I hope everyone enjoyed us talking about our favorite games of the year. But I think we've ran long enough. This is a this is a fucking epic podcast. Uh, we're looking at two two hours and twenty minutes right now. Imagine what they're going to clock in with like yeah. seven people. I don't even know times. if I want to sit in on that. <laughs> I don't know, man. Just do something else while you're. You can play Monster Hunter. Yeah, I'll play Monster Hunter. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, or Heroes. Yeah. But anyway, I do appreciate everybody listening. I hope you guys, if you agreed with us, if you disagree, let us know. You can uh, tweet to us. Um, I'm at DML Fury. Uh, Matt is at REMGS. Uh, Justin is at Justinator5000. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I couldn't remember for a second there. Yeah. And then Jay is at Batusai J. Uh, you can also follow Phoenix Down on Twitter. It's uh, at ZTGD Phoenix Down. And if you'd like to send an email, uh, it's Drew at ZTGD.com. Um, yeah, but that's pretty much it. That wraps up our game of the year, games of the year. Uh, and um, there will be another episode uh, covering the rest of the crew um, for the N4G radio. But uh, that's it for us. I guess we can do our regular Phoenix Down outro. And uh, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. I'm Jay. And I'm Justin. And we're out of here. I hope you guys have a great one. And uh, we'll catch you sometime soon with the, the beginning of The Witcher 2. Yeah. Uh-huh.